0: Internet, what is up? Well, let's get the business stuff out of the way first here, and let's talk about all the new and exciting things that we're doing on all these other channels. So, what do we got going on? Well, first of all, we got Patreon going on, and we got three tiers on our Patreon that you guys should come check out. We've Got a lot of cool, exclusive content on there. I just wrote a three-piece, or three-part series, I should say, on the title of it's called Shooting and Killing, which is basically a of a a, it outlines my experiences in training in the military training in the civilian world actually being in um, situations during deployments where i had to use deadly force to defend myself or defend the lives of my comrades so it basically talks about the departure in there from how certain training methodologies track from that and the differences between it and the really the importance of like using force on force as a as a tool so Come over to Patreon. Check out what we got going on. We got ex- some. We're putting together exclusive video content for that. We got three tiers over there. We got the ten dollar tier around the campfire. That gives you access to the channel. Gives you access to all my posts, all my written stuff, all cool pictures uh, from deployments, and it gives you better connectivity to me. So gives you uh, direct message access, uh, which I will definitely answer, and then gives you a free sticker pack. Sticker of the Month Club. We got Sticker of the Month Club going on on, the, on on all three tiers. So if you level up from that, level two is 25 bucks a month, and it is the team room. And what do you get in the team room? You get the sticker pack, you get a live Q&A, and you get a free hoodie, which the free hoodies are getting, they're going to get those going here pretty soon, and those should be available not too long. The stickers are going out next week. So for my patrons that have been super, super patient waiting, I'm sorry got another delay because the sticker company that I chose didn't get them to me when they said they were going to. They didn't ship on time. And then I left and I've been on the road for, I'm going to be on the road for two weeks. So otherwise you guys would have them by now. They're sitting in my mailbox. So I got to go home, sort them, get it packed up, get them shipped out to you guys. But yeah, sticker of the month club's a thing. So you're going to receive a sticker pack with like 12 cool stickers that we've designed over here. What does tier three get you? Tier three is in the stack. And that gets you uh, an invite to the summer symposium it's gonna be a little three-day weekend. Come out to Jackson Hole, hang out, sit around the campfire, do some training, and do some adventuring, probably some fly fishing with myself and Cato and a good and our good friend Cam Fields, who's been on the podcast. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. So that's those are the kind of things that we got going over here on Patreon. So swing on over here and check it out. In addition to that, we are putting together the YouTube channels coming along nicely. So we have a bunch of content from that. Got, I think we've got like four videos up. Video number five is about to drop. And we've got uh, other stuff. There's other videos on there from like other things that I've done in the industry. Some of my stuff, some of my time with like Smith Optics. There's a couple YouTube videos of that. Uh, videos of me on uh, Kelsey Sharen's podcast. Our good friend Kelsey from uh, Brass and Unity. We're on her podcast. That's that's up there. And then uh, all my YouTube videos from my time co-hosting Fall Friday with Andy over on Cleared Hot. So all those videos are up on my YouTube channel. Go check it out, at Lone Element. Instagram, because they hate us and they deleted us. The new channel's at Lone Element underscore actual. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at uh, Lone Element, and on YouTube, at Lone Element. So come come over. Check us out. Say hi. And if you want to shoot us an email, info at LoneElement.com. Okay. Well, that wraps up business portion. And I'd like to, I'm, I'm super stoked. I'd like to take a minute to thank Cato for all of his hard work. And uh, he continues to be an amazing part of the team, an amazing part of my life and my right-hand man. And I can't thank him enough for that. But we officially hit our one-year mark here on the podcast. And I'm super, super excited about it. So to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the podcast, I went and did an interview with my good friend Matt Vincent. Uh, Matt, he's an amazing, super dynamic dude. He has been in the YouTube game for a hot minute. He's got a cool YouTube channel. He's got a great podcast, and he is the one that interviewed me, like back in two thousand nineteen, I think, when I was like just getting started and getting interested into podcasting. He's the one that came on, uh, came to visit me, and had me on his podcast, and then that kind of lit the fire, and then. As luck would have it, later I ran into Andy, and it was an honor and a privilege to be on Cleared Hop for the duration that I was, and I can't thank Andy and Matt enough for those opportunities because that has gotten me right here, right now, and a year down the road with this. I think this is going to be our 67th episode, so 52 weeks in a year, and we did 67 episodes, so I'm pretty proud of us. I'm super excited to be here. We're going to keep growing this thing. It's largely in part all because of you. And uh, if you're thinking about get, doing a podcast, get after it, okay? Don't sit around and, like, don't, don't be me, okay? Because I wasted probably three years thinking about it, wringing my hands about it, deciding whether I would be good enough, deciding whether I wanted to be in the public eye, deciding whether I wanted to be judged and scrutinized on the Internet. So if you're thinking about doing it, just do it, people. Just fucking cannonball right into the pool. If you need help on it, you want advice on it, I'm around, hit me in all of the channels that I just talked about shoot me an email. Hey, hit us in the DMs on Instagram. Say, Brian, I want to start a podcast. What gear do I need? What should I do? What, what are the do's and don'ts to get of getting started? What, do, what are all the things that I don't know about on the back end that I need to know about? I am here to help people. So uh, in addition to being really good at shit talking, I'm also good at problem solving because it's what I do for a career as a designer. So people, if you need some help, reach out. Happy to help you. I want everybody to succeed. As my good friend Matt Vincent says, "A rising tide raises all ships," and nothing could be further from the truth. He was super supportive of me. He's an amazing human. Uh, he's the he's a go-to guy for me when I need help on something. When I run into a roadblock with like any type of media production or camera setup or whatever, he's the one that turned me on to the podcasting setup that we both are still using to this day. So I can't thank him enough. He's an amazing human. I love him like a brother for sure. And so I hope you guys enjoy the one-year anniversary podcast episode with me and my good friend, Matt Vincent. Enjoy. I know
1: things are getting tougher when you can't get the to top off the bottom of the barrel. What all the now. look at fucking new. Do you need do you need
0: time to do that? I do not. That? Okay. I can multitask. You can multitask. I like that.
1: Okay, well, then let's fucking let's fucking get after it. Let's man. let
0: it rip. Well, dude, first of all, thank you for being such a fucking fantastic human in my life, dude. Dude, thank you. I mean that
2: you know, that means more than, than I think any of the other shit I ever hear from anyone does. Like inspiration, fucking whatever's cool, but like I know who I tell that sentence to. Yeah. And, like, I know that feeling it gives Mm -hmm. me when I'm around people like that, right? Yeah. And so, like, to hear that from someone else really means a lot. That's
0: you to me. Thank you. Just so you know. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are. Thanks for letting me hijack the uh, the new, uh, as to soon be rebranded, Not Dead Yet studio. Yeah, it's
2: not bad, right?
0: Dude, I love it. It makes me want to fucking hustle harder to get this set up for me. So, yeah, like... I've spent time in a few studios now, and like this, I like this one. Thank you. This one's very like, it's my it's my speed.
2: Well, I think a lot of guys build their studio, you know, and I've got to be around really cool ones, but a lot of times it looks like a TV set, or it looks like what I believe a radio show is supposed to look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm still yeah, following like some type of a like a template of yeah. like. We're building a radio studio. Radio studios look a bit like this. Yeah. Like there's a console and there's chairs and the, you know we know the look. Yeah. And uh why? Right. Why the fuck what does it matter? We could be in a goddamn c- like like I like the podcast like um one of the guys from Cypress Hill, right? Like mm-hmm. there's uh like hot box. Well yeah. Mike Mike Tyson's got one hot box. Yeah, I've been uh,
0: i followed his right when he launched yeah, it. I love great. I love Mike Tyson, man. What a fucking lunatic. Yeah. He's fucking amazing.
2: But yeah, be real does one, and they they sit in this old fucking lowrider and smoke.
0: And that's how they do yeah. it. Yeah, I like. that. And just get way crushed.
2: Um, but yeah, man, I love I love all the different aspects of like what facilitates
0: good conversation. Yeah. Well, I think a comfortable environment that like is awesome feels good. Like I don't like to be honest with you, I don't dig the studio setup. Like the like in terms of the um. The TV show, radio show type setups. Sure. I don't, I don't resonate with those. I like this style of setup. And for those of you that are wondering, what the f- they're like, Brian, what the fuck are you talking about? We'll get into that in a second, okay? Um, but we are here with my good friend, fantastic friend, Matt Vincent, and he uh, has his podcasting suit and his his podcast. And it was the Umso podcast, correct? It
2: was, yes, it was Umso, and uh, again. <sighs> Everything's a process, right? And you know, like different chapters of it, and things mm-hmm. change, and my life's changed, and things aren't the same. And so, um, so has been great, man. I got to run that podcast for three years and have conversations with the people I wanted to talk to mm-hmm. and talk about whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. Um, it allowed me to get better at doing this. Um, now I'm interested in being a little bit more intentional with it.
0: Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at now. So, like, w- like, so I guess this is a good stepping off point to like back up a little bit and talk about you and how we how we got here, how, how we, we how got we got here. to sitting right here. So, why don't you introduce yourself, man, and, and do the thing that I know you hate yeah. most, which is talk about yourself.
2: Uh, my name is Matt Vincent. Uh, for anyone not listening, um, I'm 39. I am a, I guess at this point, serial entrepreneur and all around lunatic uh is how i kind of describe it i'm pretty proud of it um i run a handful of businesses i have an apparel company a podcast um when I say run for a handful of business i have income streams mm-hmm. like i don't know what to call it at this point i have things that pay me <laughs> some of which i manage and some of which i do yeah. for so like from real estate and airbnb we just got started into. Uh, my apparel brand, which is Hate Brand Goods, has been around since 2014, and we've been doing, you know, seven-figure business since 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a coffee company, uh, Habit Coffee, that's been growing. Um, Fantastic coffee, by the way. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Hopefully we'll sponsor your show. That makes yeah. things easy. I'd love that. Order yourself some coffee, friends. Habit Coffee. Your new habit. There you go. There's your pitch. Um And then I've got my mentorship group, the 1612, which I started in November, and getting to work with people along those lines of, like, finding purpose in the years in front of them, and less give a fuck about holding on to the ones behind them. You know, I'm sure we'll dive into deeper meaning of the 1612 in the show, but have that going on. I used to be uh, an athlete, uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I competed in the Scottish Highland Games for a number of years, won two world championships, and then eventually sacrificed a knee. And uh, here we are with a fake knee, at closing in on forty, figuring out shit to do.
0: Yes. So. Yes, we're we're gonna dig into that because I've I've had my own little journey with that. But uh, awesome. So yeah. So do you recognize the setup here? My my gear. I do. Setup?
2: I do. This seems very similar to uh, my travel kit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So the reason we're sitting here. In addition to Matt being a fantastic human, great friend of mine, is you were one of my main inspirations for getting into podcasting, man. And so I thought, because I just hit my year mark. Yeah. We just hit our year a mark. Year, dude. Congrats
2: ever. on that, by the yeah. way. It's Thank a lot you. of fucking work.
0: It is. People it, don't it's realize. It's a
2: consistent c- bit of work that, like, a right. monster's never fed.
0: Because like, as soon
2: as you're like, that show was great.
0: Yeah. So we, what? You, yeah. yeah <laughs> What's the next one? That's neat. We're working on the next one. Yeah, so I think so I had I had started getting interested in podcasting. And we talked about this a little bit the other day um on your show. I think we talked about this a little bit where we, you know, where guys with an operational background, we for obvious reasons for personal security and operational security like for the longest time couldn't we didn't do the social media thing. We didn't yeah, put ourselves in the public light at all. We don't want to be in the public light. We don't want to be in the eye. The whole, like, silent professional thing. Like, that's that's a, the way a majority of us were trained. And that was, like, the, you know, the culture in our community. And you can't be traveling all over the world doing things and be in the public eye because the last thing you want to do is be going through customs someplace and give somebody a passport that doesn't have your real name on it and have them go oh wait you're i just watched your youtube channel this is not you
2: you know i fully understand that reality and i guess there's part of me that immediately goes to question of like you really have to pay attention to recognize people. Mm-hmm. And, like, people have to be really fucking famous to get recognized. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Unless I, it's your I have job.
2: 1,600 fucking videos out there and have tried my ass off to be recognized by yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. Very rarely am I stopped, like, in an airport. Yeah. And I've gone out of my way to try to have that happen,
0: basically. What about in customs when people, it's like their job to recognize? No one's ever given a fuck. Yeah. Well, no one's ever been like,
2: You met Vincent, by the way? (laughs) like, no, it's never fucking happened, dude. Especially not in Johannesburg or Hmm. fucking getting into, you know, Dubai. Like, no.
0: No one gives a shit. But. Facial recognition. There also
2: isn't any part of that. Yeah. That uh, I'm over there for anything really important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Correct. So. Yeah, there's. It's not much to risk there.
2: So Right. What am I my risk is the hassle of someone slowing down my process to getting a
0: coffee. To getting coffee, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yours is I'm in jail now in another country. This is really bad. Yeah,
0: it's really bad. I'm getting asked questions that I don't want to answer. So yeah, there's Why do uh, you have
2: two passports, huh?
0: What? (laughs) Yeah, correct. So yeah, so those for those for those reasons, like it's it's not a good idea to be in the public eye, and so a lot of us are resistant to it. And I think I like talked about this a little bit the other day, where I was like, for the longest time, just really, real, realistically, and completely honestly, I I, I had this idea in my head up until like a couple of weeks ago, where I was like, <clears throat> hey, I'm gonna, I can always go back to contracting if I want to. I can always go back to the community yeah. if I want to. It's like it's like this safety net that you hang on to. And I think you said you had a little bit of that with. in in your past too where you were like, Oh well I can always go back to sales or I can always go back to being a bouncer at the strip club or I can always go back to even all the
2: way that deep, right? Like like that's what we talked about that like I still hold some connections to even those guys. Yeah. No, I'm never going back to bouncing at a strip club. Yeah. But I still have fucking like Chad House and Mm -hmm. fucking four other numbers in my phone book that I'm pretty sure still working that game in Baton Rouge. They're (laughs) fucking in for life.
0: Yeah. They're in for life. And look, I ain't mad at anybody. I've got friends that are in contracting for life
2: dude i'm not mad at anybody about it i like options
0: yeah i don't burn any of those bridges
2: like i'll just stay being cool (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah there's probably quicker options i could find work if Mm -hmm. all of my shit if i woke up tomorrow and for some reason they were all burned to the ground
0: yeah so i i have come to the conclusion that it's maybe time to just let go of that and put that down and and not worry about it anymore and completely just move full speed and head into my public life. Since I'm already like, I'm a year deep in podcasting. I just started a YouTube channel. I've got Patreon going. Like, I've got all these, like, very public things yep. happening. So now I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I can embrace this now and fucking move, move forward with it. But it was a little bit uncomfortable and it was kind of a hard, it was a hard moment for me when that finally clicked in my brain for whatever stupid reason. Because I haven't deployed or done any work for, like, a decade. Mm-hmm little bit over a decade now and so I'm like to still have that floating around in the back of my mind where I was like oh I can go back to work if I can go back to contract if I want to and then to like have the reality set in mainly thanks to one of my best friends that's still working where I was like asking him questions about like the current goings-on of the world and he was talking to me about it he's like look man he's like you were still a viable candidate right up to the point where you decided to start a YouTube channel and be a, and, and do a podcast. And now you're like in the public light. And he's like, with technology is the way it is. You probably will. You're too much of a liability. You're too much of a liability. And so after having that very candid conversation and then, you know, thinking about like realistically what I want for my life and the direction that I want to go and the things that I want to accomplish, I'm like, that is going backwards. It's very much going backwards.
2: Well, that's not ideal. Right. And so, like thinking about that question, sorry to interrupt, but like mm-hmm. as you're looking at, you know, leaving this yeah. former life, yeah, yeah, you know, this identity, this contractor work, this mm-hmm. I still could, you know, then still ready to go. Yeah. When you became really good at that first career, what did you? Why did you fully commit to that career and become fucking fully really good at it, or was there still some part of you that was like, I don't know, man, I need to hold on to this uh, thing I was doing beforehand.
0: Yeah, no. Here's the thing: is I was good at it. I did enjoy it. I was fully intending to make it a career. My ex-wife, wife at the time, did not choose it. I chose it. She did not, and she, uh, she without diving down that shitty little rabbit hole experience like that. Um, she just she asked me to stop, and I did. And uh, you know, let my security clearance expire. And and realistically, like. Two things happened. One, she asked me to stop and be a dad and be home and do those things, even though she was fucking somebody else way, way, way before she asked me to do sure. that. Sure.
2: That's neither here nor there.
0: Right. Just smile, small, minor details. Um,
2: well, but that doesn't change any any of their possibly being good intentions behind you stopping and being a dad.
0: Correct. Yeah, and I think that's that you're, yeah. cr- you're absolutely right about that. Her being a piece of shit is irrelevant. Yes. So then... Uh, there was that part. And then there was the part of me doing nine deployments straight and just slamming into a wall, excuse me, with my PTSD. Yeah. Which is probably more the bigger issue is, like, I definitely, after nine deployments in a row, some of them were ultra-violent deployments where I'm, like, I don't even know how I lived. If I'm being quite honest, I don't know. I'm lucky that I'm sitting here with, like, no holes in me.
2: So, with the PTSD thing, sorry, is yeah.
0: it, I jump in as the fucking Dude. thought rockets yes, come through. do it, do it.
2: And doing, like, the nine deployments back-to-back, do you get any of, like, the manifestations of PTSD while you're in combat? Like, while you're in country, like, doing the job? Or does it only really show up when you have downtime?
0: Yeah, I mean, I only noticed it when I had downtime. Got it. Because you're in it. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be dialed on, and you have to be on all the time, because when you're outside the fence working, man, like anything could happen at any given moment and you are working in a career field where if something goes just a little bit wrong, we're not talking about a fucking corrupted audio, f- audio file or like a fucking bad edit on a fucking YouTube video where you know, slightly play, different consequences. Yeah. You will lose a leg or an arm or somebody will die. And yeah. so it's a bad day, a really bad day if you're not fucking on, if you're not 100 all the time. So you do what it takes to get by and like whether that's shoving drugs in your face like doing whatever you got to do, and what I mean by that is like the times that I noticed towards the, my last couple deployments where I was like, We had a, our camp get rocketed and it hit the overflow at the uh medical cache and killed a bunch of our partner force people that they had in the overflow and blew them in chunks and of course set a bunch of shit on fire. And so our team was like back and we weren't uh we weren't out on target, so we, my myself and my medic and the rest of us that had some TCCC and and like our team medic and that had some trauma experience ran to the hospital and like started help digging in and helping with that and for whatever reason like that situation rattled me really bad I'd been in so much other shit that was like a lot hairier and a lot more life and death than that because it was the aftermath you know running over there and seeing like things on fire helping put out fires with fire extinguishers and the base fire departments there and like everybody scrambling around in the midst of like blood and guts and body parts Far. And so
1: that was, you know, I
2: have so like, I have so little reference for anything like that, right? Like any, mm-hmm. anything that I even try to conjure or have empathy toward, or even try to like put myself in it to, to grasp it. You know, I'm just looking at movie clips mm-hmm. I know of. Like I have no concept of the reality of that level of shit's fucked. Yeah. It's a, it's a surreal
0: experience. And then that, uh, you know, depending on the frequency and the level, like we'll leave a mark on you. And you will <laughs> and you will like so I was I was having nightmares and I was like having a little bit and you know, keep in mind I think this is like the deployment eight for me. And so my medic noticed that I was a little fucking twitchy. And so he was like, Here, here's some fucking Xanax. Here's some fucking here's some other things for you. Call Is this long term fucking, good?
2: No it isn't. But today but right, right, I per- need you to fucking operate. Yeah,
0: correct. Here's some fucking Xanax, calm your fucking shit down. And he got me he got me on an even keel again. And that was the band-aid that I needed to get through the rest of that deployment. And then I got through deployment number nine. And deployment number nine was fucking rowdy as well. And so I was just like, realized at that point that I was done. The end of deployment number nine, I was just like, wrung the fuck out. And I was like, this is done. I need to be done. I need, a, I need to fucking be done with this. And then right coincidentally, coming home from that is when my ex-wife wife at the time was like, You're a fucking train wreck. I need you to be done, and I need you to show up, and I need you to be a dad, and I'm tired of fucking doing this by myself. And you know what? To her credit, she was fucking absolutely right. Yeah. She was right. Now, am I stoked that she decided to do some fucking sport dick riding while I was fucking out of the country? With
2: that said, like, I mean, but there's got to be some ownership for that, too, right? Right. Like, you're gone a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you're you're admitting to me as well that, like, I can't imagine during those deployments, other than providing.
1: Yeah.
0: How's the rest of you being a, being a great partner? Yeah, pretty much our whole relationship, except for like the first year of it. We were together for 10 years and, and dated for three years, engaged for six months, married for seven years. And I would say out of that time frame, I was gone eight to 10 months. out. I mean, the first year, yeah. after our first year, going into our second year, I reenlisted. That was when 9-11 happened, and I reenlisted. I was gone for 11 months that year. I think she saw me for maybe 22 days that year. Oh, man. So we're talking about, and there's, there's fucking badass wives out there that will fucking do Ride it. Ride or die, dude. Yeah, for do sure. Do it. She just couldn't.
2: I mean, same as husbands, right? Yeah. Like, saying there's partners out
0: there that get it yeah. and, and and can manage to and carry that yep. thing. Yep. She could not. And and looking back, like, that's a fucking tough ask of a human being. Like now, God damn, ha- dude, ha- yeah. Ha- having, having the experience of now, like, and the maturity of, like, looking back on my journey. Like, that's a fucking, that's a hard ask of a human being. That's it's a a huge point. ask, yeah. right? And and then, hey, like, I need you to be alone at least, like, eight to ten months out of every year.
2: And then let's run back at her history and see what skills put her in the position to handle that. Yeah. Does she come with a bunch of resources that are surrounding her with, yeah, we got you. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll make it through this as a tribe and a community. Or she stuck a fucking loan.
1: Yeah. And no, she
0: alone. People don't do well. No, I mean she was uh, geographically alone, but she her family, which was also part of the problem, because her parents were.
2: Nor am I trying to take away her making
0: fucking terrible choices. No, 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 no. I don't believe that at all. Like, yeah, I mean, we we all have just both sides of that coin. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there there was uh, it was just uh, it was tough. So knowing that I needed to be done with that, and now. Going on my little journey, my entrepreneurial journey, and always having that in the back of my mind where I'm like, I can go back, I can go back, I can go back. But moving forward and having enough success moving forward, incremental as it was, as an entrepreneur doing the grind as we do, I was able to keep my head above water enough and enjoy myself enough to where I never needed to push the fucking emergency go back to contracting button. But it's always been there. And now with, like, world events the way they are and things going on the way they are, like, I had a very candid conversation with one of my friends, and he just laid things out to me. And he's like, look, dude, it's a different time, different technology on the battlefield, different things going on along the world, out in the world. And, like, with you doing the things that you've done and taking the just making the decision to be have a public life, yep. you are no longer a viable candidate. So with that,
2: we'll always end up having a certain population of gray men. Yeah. But
0: I know, like your
2: generation coming through the teams, um, I mean, it is frowned upon for you guys to have started. Like, I mean, well, I mean, fuck, man, your generation's really some of the first that actually got to try to start making a living off of their life story. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple guys, like Richard, you know, mm-hmm. the guys who've written these fucking fictional novels. Yeah, yeah. in the past. Yep. But like now, guys, Matt Bast or any of mm-hmm. these people out telling stories. Yeah. You know Tim Kennedy being a public mm-hmm. figure, any yeah. of these guys, right? Like, um, does the new generation feel totally different about it? Like, does does the twenty five year olds right now, twenty eight year olds, thirty year olds who are kind of just getting back to becoming adult, do they have any hang up of like, well, I'm not supposed to share that stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's ingrained in you. It's ingrained in you. So everybody's going to have that difficulty. I think I think with what social, how bad social media is proliferated. And how technology's taken off? Like, I think people are getting way more comfortable with it because there's times where, like, like in my during my career, you couldn't have a personal cell phone on the battlefield. You sure. couldn't have a personal like your your personal cell phone had to stay in your cubby in the yeah, team. Room. Same
2: deal with like going to school. Like, yeah. how
0: many? Like, I couldn't fucking bring a
2: cell phone to class in no. college. Mm-mm. And now, yeah. What do you mean not bring? Yeah. You so won't, you won't have a calculator with you all the time. You're a liar.
0: Right. Correct. This is proven to be untrue. Yes, this is proven to be untrue. <laughs> also, yeah, so now I'm seeing, like, you know, we're seeing a, such a huge proliferation of, like, technology. I mean, even, like, to use Ukraine as an example. Like, every soldier on the battlefield is out there running around collecting content, you know, for either personal or... because you know, that's the fight now. Or, or pro- propaganda purposes or for morale purposes to, like, you know, keep uh, keep people out in the space informed.
2: Well, but nothing's an unbiased view.
0: So, so yeah, so I think there, yes, I think people are getting more comfortable with that. I think that's becoming a new normal in terms of, you know, in terms of like being out there as far as writing books go. Yeah, like my generation, like that wasn't a thing for a really long time. But what's strange about that, and I've I've had these conversations because I have a really good friend and he he's he was a business coach and we worked together at a company. He was the CEO and I was the vice president of product development. He came from JSOC and that's all that I can say about him. But he came from a very his background's amazing. He's done amazing things, like legendary shit that they should be making movies about for sure. If anybody deserves to get a movie made about him, it's this guy. And um he refuses, vehemently refuses to talk about it refuses to say. I mean he'll talk about it with people that he knows and trusts like mm-hmm. people that are close to him like he's told me his story um, but he will not talk about it with anybody else and i feel like that's a i feel like that's a travesty that cuz what inspired me to go down this path was my fucking buddy handed me a copy of Rogue Warrior that Richard Marcinko wrote when i was in fucking a junior in high school i think no right. i no it was the summer in yeah, between i read that yeah in
2: like, I couldn't be less interested in that mm-hmm. that type of material. But yeah. my brother had gotten into, I guess, that type of mm-hmm. fiction. Yep. And so I just hand me down to a handful of the books. Yeah. And ended up reading them because I think I was a point in my life where, I, like, I was convinced that reading books was mm-hmm. going to make me smarter. Yeah. And I'd like to be smarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I was convinced that, like, well, if people see me as a book reader... <laughs> Then I'm right. a, a smarter person. Meanwhile I'm basically there with the upside down fucking book. Yeah. Looking around with like leather patched elbows. Yeah,
0: you've got the uh you have got your polo shirt on, but yeah. you've got the the Hustler magazine. Dude, that's a that's my entire fucking life. Yeah, I got the hus- <laughs> the Hustler magazine like folded up in like in the in the book. I like
2: But that. now with this guy you're talking about like sharing his stories, right? And like and you possibly you know, maybe you missed that inspiration because that guy doesn't share his story.
0: Right. Well, th- I'm talking about, like, future generations. What motivated me to want to join and want to serve and go down this track was getting handed that book and it just, like, opening a whole new door for me. That I was like, oh, wow. You know, and I, I was interested in the military from, like, the time I was a kid and, like, wanted to be Rambo and, like, had G.I. Joes and, like, played, you know, laser tag and paintball. And I did all of those things when I was a kid. So there, there was a baseline interest that was already mm-hmm. there. But then I went away from that for a number of years as a teenager and then my friend hands me this book, and I read it, and it just reignited my fire. And I was like, oh, wow, this is what I want to do. And then I just proceeded to read every single book that I could read on any type of, like, you know, I read books on Recon. I read books on SEALs. I read books on Green Berets. I well, read books like, on— which,
2: which part, though? Which part draws you in? Like, is it, the, is it the firefight? Is it the adventure? Is it the I'm a bad motherfucker?
0: Yeah, it was, it was the, uh, it was the, I was enamored with the story of, like, High Adventure. And and I was enamored with the fucking journey to get there. Like, because every one of you these books. better be. Yeah, every one of these books was like, here's You're how. You fucking better be, here's, there's
2: yeah. no way to have adventures without that part. Yeah,
0: without getting your fucking balls crushed. Yeah, so there was this. I was more enamored with the journey to get there. And then once you're there, then the tales of high adventure and near death that you, you know, that these guys were talking about. And then of course, like there's some, you know, obviously the patriotic piece of it too. Like I'm, I'm a patriotic person. I love this country as crazy and as fucked up as people might think it is. Sometimes like we're still the best place. We're still one of the freest places on the planet. And I think that's becoming less true. I agree with you. And that's a bummer. It is a bummer.
2: I also don't know that I think most people in our country have an honest viewpoint to be able to make that assessment. Right. Because there aren't any really measurable metrics yeah, that prove any of those things as far as world scale based on number of incarcerated citizens, number of fucking murders. Right. Like, I'm not saying we're the worst, but to say the best is a fucking tricky one. Right. And y'all, I fucking love it here. I love America. I like being in this country. I love this landscape. I love that I can travel twenty fucking hours in one direction right. and not really have to change any real plans.
0: No, you don't. Really. I love it.
2: Yeah. I love the freedom that comes with this country of because of the landscape of it, because of the vastness of it, mm-hmm. because of the way we're set up. Um but there's a lot that needs to get sorted out. That's really ugly. Yeah. And uh, and, and until until a lot of people on whichever fucking side you're on, just as humans, be able to say, like, this is an unacceptable thing our country does um, and admit that we're not the best. Because if you're Mm. the best, you don't have anything to fix. Right. You just fucking hang out in your chair. You're like, man, I'd rather be number two trying to get to number one.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Because the guy sitting in
2: that chair gets less concerned about getting better and more more concerned about keeping his 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 ass in that chair.
0: Yeah, I think until until the people of this country get to the point where they're they realize I, I I don't know how it's ever gonna happen because we're already so far down the road with like how bad social media has been used as a tool to polarize people, how bad it is real realistically the bad actors the manipulation that's going on the fucking agendas the political agenda on both sides of the aisle that just they're more interested in shoving their dick and their politi- political ideology in the other side's mouth yep, and getting away with it than they are about the common greater good and realizing like, hey, we're all Americans. We all have different viewpoints. That's the beauty of America. We all need to respect each other and find a way to move forward together as a unified country until we fix that and until we fix a lot of the corruption and the special interest shit in Washington and I don't know how that's ever going to happen because it's just so deeply entrenched. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is.
2: Well, the solution's not going to happen there. Like it's not going to yeah. get fixed at the we can't use that system to fix this one. Right. Like that ain't that ain't how it works. Mm-mm. And for me, I guess I find a lot of comfort right that like yeah, I know the game's rigged. As far as whatever the fuck is happening over there and the illusion that media has tried to create, I understand what's happening there. I understand the psychology behind using fear to get people to fucking act. I understand using that to keep people divided. I understand all the tactics that are being fucking played, but I also think it's our fucking fault. Right. It's our fault that we've allowed our news channels to become this fucking spewing garbage Mm -hmm. instead of provide fucking unbiased information to us to educate us. But yeah. because there's advertising, it's called fucking entertainment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not news. Right.
2: Stop listening. Mm-hmm. Stop watching it. Yeah. Stop giving it your fucking energy and giving it your vote. Stop fucking finding a villain. Stop finding a bad guy. And start yeah. building your fucking community around you. Yes. Start at a local level. Start with the people you give a shit about. The advantage that we have of these stupid fucking phones. Yep. Is, you know, we went from a really simple tribal culture. Mm-hmm we like, yo, I physically know the people that I know. Like, I can't not know anyone else. Like, planes don't exist, whatever the fuck that right. is, right? And then we got into cities. And like, holy shit, our tribe grew so much, now we're back to being anonymous
1: mm-hmm.
2: within it. And that's a really weird feeling for people because they don't belong. They don't feel part of it. They don't, se- they don't right. feel valuable to their community, which means they don't have a fit. Mm-mm. And then with online, holy fuck. You're able to find your specific niche again. Right. But it's lost this. Yeah. It still needs the intrapersonal communication because doing it non-verbally doesn't work the same. You don't get empathy. You don't Mm. get touched. You don't get share. You don't get intimacy. You don't get hugs. You don't get, yo, that fucking feeling that comes from sitting around fire and talking shit. Yeah. And so I'm hoping the pendulum keeps swinging back that way.
0: And what you meant by this because we're in a
2: Sorry. uh, Just internet, media, phone. All these things that we can really quickly try to point at is like, this is a problem. Fuck you. It isn't a problem. Right. It's not either. It's a fucking tool. Yeah. It doesn't have an opinion and it sure as fuck doesn't get in a vote in my life.
0: No. And you're just, you're talking about like having that good interpersonal connection. Yeah. Like the, in person. In like, person. Like, yeah. And you can use this yeah. for all of it. Mm-hmm.
2: Find your people. Yeah. You know what? Oh, fuck. All my people live in Denver. Go to fucking Denver. Yeah. Go. They're not coming to you. Mm-mm. None of the opportunities or people I've found, mentors I've met, friends I know, none of these fucking people came pre-installed in my life, mm-hmm. man. I think none of them showed up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and knocked on my door to say, hey, how can I help? <laughs> right. Yo, yeah. yeah. I fucking went. Yeah. I went to find people that spoke my language, the people that resonated with me. Yeah. Because I need to feel it in person. Yeah, we've lost so much of that. Fuck listening to this bullshit diatribe between these old goddamn geriatrics. Mm-hmm. Who don't give a fuck about us. I'm okay with knowing that because that's the truth. They don't give a fuck about us. Mm -hmm. They haven't given a fuck about us. Yeah. Neither side. Fuck them.
1: Yeah.
2: I'll smile and nod and do whatever the fuck it is I want in my life. They don't get a vote. Right. I choose the people I want to be around. Nor should they have one. Right. I choose happiness. I choose to push myself. I choose to take care of myself health-wise. I choose Mm -hmm. to build businesses so that I don't have to answer to someone else. Correct. You know, that that type of thing, that, mm-hmm. that feeling in most people, that choosing to be valuable so that you are important to your community. Yeah. Instead of, I hope my community takes care of me. Like, build value and fucking skill and invest in yourself to be part of something. That's where confidence comes. That's where the self-worth comes. That's where mm-hmm. you can find opportunities and jobs. Yeah. Instead of just waiting for these fucking, like, the best thing is just wait for all these fucking people to die. <laughs> they're, gonna, yeah. they're going to, man. Yeah. The tide's going to
1: shift. Yep.
2: It's going to change whether yeah. whether I want it to or not. Yeah, It sure as fuck isn't going back to 1950.
1: No. Like
2: mm-hmm. We're not going back to that era of what make-believe, I think, people have nostalgia for the United States of kids throwing baseballs in the front yard and fucking other things like that. Like, mm. meanwhile, we won't talk about other fucking citizens being hosed in streets and dogs fucking lit on them.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah.
2: You yeah. know. We're not going to talk about home violence or fucking anything like Mm -hmm. that or alcoholism or. No, it's fucking. Dip, dip. Fucking.
0: Yeah. The cleavers. Yes, it is. They want to get back to that.
2: It ain't coming back, man.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah, no. If you bet against technology, you are going to lose. And my parents are, case in point, a classic example of what you are describing right now, where they just like a television set. And Fox News.
2: See, so they're doing fine, except for that part. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, television set, Fox News. My mom did learn how to use Facebook. Yeah, I'm so far out of the
2: news thing. Like, I'm not 100% sure which news stations represent what side at this point. Mm-hmm. I just fucking dislike all of it. So do I. Yeah, I don't get Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure when you say Fox, like, I'm not sure if that's right or left.
0: I don't even watch it anymore. Perfect. Yeah, I don't even watch it anymore. Like, I get my. I'll, I know I, I'm not in. I have all my news <laughs> resources that I have people that I trust there that I will I will go and look at things on. That's really all you need. Yeah.
2: have a couple smart friends who are yep. into that shit and mm-hmm. like call them once a week and be like, anything important?
0: Yeah. <laughs> nope. Sounds good. Yeah, I have my friends that are like, <laughs> super like non-mainstream, uh, news people that just like that's what they do. That they're, they're watchdogs for the for these like low-key. News resources where there's like actual real journalism, you know, real journalism going on, like what you describe where it's just like, hey, this happened. This is a thing that's happening. We don't know why it's happening, but it's happening. Not like this thing is happening and it's because of these people that are doing it and you should. Oh, by the way, stop. Hold on. We've got to tell you about this really great product you should buy. Yeah, of course.
2: It's you ever watch just cable TV at this point anymore? No, no. It's been like a decade since I've had. Yeah. Cable. Yeah. The only time I catch it. Is in other countries, mm-hmm. or like a random hotel room, like I've just been in too long, <laughs> like, and, I'll, and I'll just put a TV on. Yeah. Yeah. And man, it seems like such a fucking fantasy world when mm-hmm. I when I see what's going on because to to watch a show on TV and be like the most popular show we have on fucking TV is CSI at this point. I think I think it's like one of the highest rated shows, mm-hmm. of fucking ever. And look, people fucking love it, dude. Why? Because it's a fucking it ends it's this, they have laid out a plot and it's exact same every fucking episode. Mm-hmm. They're gonna solve the case. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah yeah right. None of these main characters are gonna die. Yeah. They're on contract. Yep. <laughs> like Correct. You know what I mean? Like there's an act one, there's a fucking act two, act three. They fucking everyone is exactly the same, yep. rotate some different detectives in and some different mischief. Mhm. And fuck, we love getting served that thing. You can't even fucking decipher episode to episode mm-hmm. after fucking two weeks. Yeah. And then, that shit, is in a 30-minute show, that shit is wrapped up in 20 minutes, mm-hmm. in three parts. You have seven-minute segments yeah. of a show that gets spent most of it doing advertising to you for commercials. And at this point, because cable TV is going to the houses of people who still own
0: cable TV, yeah. it is fucking insurance. <laughs> And,
2: pharmaceuti- and fucking pharmaceutical yeah. drugs.
0: I was just going to say, dude, like, count how many pharmaceutical oh, drugs man. you commercials there are during a Fox News segment.
2: And personal injury lawyers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 You need to sue somebody, or you need to take some new drugs, or you need to, uh...
2: Like, look at the target demographic yeah. of who they're who they're targeting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all, like... Do you feel any of these ways we've just listed, which mm-hmm. means you're alive? Yeah, which we have, have medicine a, for you. Yeah.
0: You have a pulse?
2: Well, we figured out this new terminal illness called life. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get all of
0: us. If you take a pill for it, it'll be better.
2: <laughs> that's a that that's not unnecessarily true. Like that's, that's not a lie. There no. there are pills that do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just not the ones you can get subscri- or prescriptions for.
2: Well, that much advertising that goes to a thing that I can't go buy is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. That I need permission to buy. Yeah. That involves another visit for someone else to get paid for Mm -hmm. me to go get.
0: Yeah, some middleman shit. I just,
2: I'd like more awareness to see that as what it is. Mm -hmm. And be like, ho. Because they can't, they can't want great things Mm -hmm. for us and treat us this way. No. You don't get both sides of that. So like, Just listen to the fucking data. I'm -hmm. sorry it's a bummer that they don't give a shit about us. But it's really freeing once you realize they don't. Yeah. And, you know, they, anyone other than you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fucking anyone other than you, doesn't give a shit about your dreams. Correct.
0: They're not going to come help. They're not going to save you. Mm -mm. They're not going to come and try and inspire you. They're sure as shit not. They're not going to check They are not
2: investing in your life going the way you'd like it to. No. That doesn't help them. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: What helps them is your life going the way they'd like it to.
0: Yeah, which is at a job producing revenue so that they can take a piece of it to keep the machine moving.
2: And convince you that you should buy newer, bigger things at the place that you don't spend any time at Mm -hmm. because you're at a job. Right. To make sure your neighbors also were pretty impressed by the newer, bigger things that you have in comparison to their newer, bigger things that they don't spend any
0: time Mm -hmm. with. Yeah.
2: Man, Man I've, a,
0: I've got friends that fucking spend money and buy bullshit. So do I. I just had a conversation with my friend the other day who lives in Wyoming and has a boat. No. And I'm That's like, a, well, there's lakes. Yeah. Allegedly. There are lakes. There's some gorgeous lakes yeah. there. But I'm like, okay. I'm like, bro, you, how much did you buy on this boat? $110,000. $110,000 boat. I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. So it's <laughs> snowy. The lake is frozen over eight and a half months of the year here i was like do you work during the summertime oh yeah how many days a week do you work oh man five sometimes six days i was like okay so when do you use your hundred and ten thousand dollar boat that nine months out of the year has a cover over it and is sitting on the side of your house yeah but i have a boat with snow on it i mean he keeps it covered he does take care of it but like he spent 110 grand on this thing so that it could sit on the side of his house nine months out of the year and then he works five or six days a week during the summertime so he literally has and I I, I was one like, day a week at best right and I was like, how many days last summer did you take that boat out and he just like oh uh, well and he tried to change the subject and I was like, no 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 you didn't answer my co- how many days did you take that boat out and he was like four. So he spent a hundred and ten thousand dollars to have something that sits on the side of his house that he uses. Count 'em, folks, four days a year. It's an
2: expensive per-use hobby.
1: Yeah,
0: look,
2: like, I'm all for buying a boat. That's what tw- I'd like to spend two hundred fucking days on. You that boat. spent
0: twenty-five thousand dollars for those four days. Yeah, essentially.
2: Yeah, or whatever the note. Yeah, exactly. There's a way to calculate that, and I think yeah. about that too. Like I think about what my per-use tax is essentially mm-hmm. on expensive things like my my truck my trucks are fucking ridiculous build of a thing mm-hmm. that have completely uncompromised on it's a the is amazing yeah tundra which now has a 50 gallon fuel tank and a fridge in the back and all the stuff for our camping we have a really nice roof
0: tent <laughs> your overland setup is fucking it's great. very fun yeah but you've used the fuck out of it too yeah dude i've driven our, lived like, in
2: like it. yeah we did eight weeks yeah uh out of it one summer we did a month the summer after the, like I've spent at least eight weeks in it a year mm-hmm. since since we built it. Yeah. And, like, you know, great fucking use. You know, I, I've been to some of my favorite places on Earth because I had that tool to get there. Yeah. And some of my favorite memories with some of my favorite people. Like, that's why I invested in that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if people think I own a cool truck. Like, yeah. that thing's a tool, man. Like, it that's is. my spaceship. People thinking I own a cool truck's
0: a nice benefit. It is a benefit, but but it's not... I don't want to
2: identify mm-hmm. as a guy who owns a cool truck. I'm a guy who wants to go do cool shit.
0: Right. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I, I've do seen... Your, b-
2: your d- buddy, right? Does he want to be a boat owner or someone who likes using a fucking boat?
0: I think he likes to be somebody that
1: wants Yeah, that owns a, a,
2: owns a boat. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Just know that that's what the motivation is. Maybe
0: just yeah. buy a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Correct. <laughs> You're a boater, sir. hmm I know. He likes to get out there... Four days of summer, blast his hip-hop music, and do some wake surfing. Right on. For one day. And look, I'm not here to tell him that's wrong.
2: Yeah, I know. I just like questioning. Motivations. Is the, yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah. And as long as he's aware or stoked, right on, man. He's hilarious. He's a great dude. He was like, let's not have this conversation in front of my wife, okay? Perfect. I <laughs> <Fuck>. like. <laughs> Okay, that's a that's a that's a good point. It's a deal. Okay, deal. I won't. I <laughs> yeah. Won't, I won't bring this up in front of your wife because it may cause you to get divorced. Yeah,
2: because none of this makes sense. Yeah, and he
0: but just look, he started I laughing his ass off. We had a good time with it. It was a fun conversation, but it did open his eyes a little bit. He's like, "Fuck, man, I didn't even think about it like that." Most people don't. Most people don't look at like what they're trading. So
2: I can't help but look at things that way. Me either. and so I assume that that's most people's purview. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not. No, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> no. Most people don't look at life according to that lens at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I guess that lens has just gotten sharper and sharper mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, I'm sure there was a point. Like I know, I know, it, like younger in life, right? When I did the bike shop piece, I was much more interested in being considered an entrepreneur than I was in doing any of the work to actually be a fucking business owner. Mm-hmm. And it failed. Shocker. Yeah. And, like, how that has shifted side to side of, mm-hmm. like, what percentage it is I want to be thought of as this mm-hmm. and what part of me wants to do the work it takes to be that yeah. thing. Hopefully, my interest typically stays on the wants to do the work part to be that thing.
1: Right.
0: Because the other side's fake. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. It was super trendy as of late to just tell people, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I was way more interested in telling people
2: I was an entrepreneur at 22 years old and really confident to say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Entrepreneur, blah, 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 22 years old. I have Mm -hmm. a bike shop that maybe I make 400 bucks a month from, Mm -hmm. so fucking suck my dick. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, now at 39 and fucking whatever number of things I'm involved in,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I fucking hate that term. So do I. Because of an association with Mm -hmm. old me. Yes. Of that guy. I don't want to be anything around like 22-year-old me or someone who feels those things. Correct. Like, ugh. i just rather really tell you I'm unemployed. Yeah. I'm Wait, unemployed. I'm unemployed. What do you do? I don't know. Self-employed. Yeah. What do you do? Fuck if I know at this point, man. Yeah. It's weird. It is. <laughs> we had this conversation. Dude. It is weird. So, are you familiar with the term jobber? Yeah. Like, as far as wrestling goes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, that's kind of how I feel most of the time about my life. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I'm a fucking jobber. (laughs) Like, I'm a jobber, and as an athlete, like, I'm a gamer. Mm -hmm. I perform very fucking well when it matters, Mm -hmm. and I'll train and die to be able to stack the cards in my favor to train when it fucking, for when it counts. Yeah. Like, I may not be able to beat your best, but on the day it counts, you'll need your best to beat me. Because right. I'm, I will show up and throw at mine, mm-hmm. guarantee it. And if yeah. you're off, I got you. Yeah. And like that's something that that built a lot of confidence from the athlete, like athletic side of like being a gamer and being. And now what it feels like as a jobber. It's like, well, I have a variety of skills that have come from, whatever the fuck this is now. Right. Of owning a t-shirt company, which means I have some graphic design skills. I have taste. I know what it takes to get shit manufactured. Mm-hmm. I've produced marketing content. We've shot... Yeah, I own a production studio now worth of fucking camera equipment. Mm-hmm. From 12 years of owning an apparel company and needing to shoot content from it. And Or, sorry, right. 8 years in an apparel company. And 12 years of doing YouTube videos. And figuring out how to edit and teaching myself all this. I didn't go to school for fucking any of this. Mm-hmm. I have a general studies degree from LSU. Hey. Which... Just to be clear, it's like a minor in English, a minor in psychology, and a minor in sociology. No, psychology? Yeah, this is how important it is. (laughs) Psychology, English, and mass communications. Okay. Right? I essentially went long enough that they were like, here's a degree. You don't have to come anymore.
0: You don't have to come back here. Here's a piece of paper. Best of luck. Don't try to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah, It's not for you. It's not for you. So you went to YouTube University.
2: Yeah. And... Fucking taught myself all of it, you know, and got around people doing it. First guy I met was Brock, and he taught Mm -hmm. me some basics of video editing after we filmed some stuff on YouTube after me doing five years of YouTube shit on my own. Yeah. And uh, I've just never stopped enjoying getting better at all those things to the point of, like, you know, if people have problems to be solved, I'm Mm -hmm. down to try to help solve those problems. Right. And so got a thing you'd like filmed? Cool. I can do that. Do you need a host? Right. I can do that part, too, if you want. I can do that. (laughs) We come pre-installed with the one. And, yeah, it's been fucking fun, man, to just be able to, like, well, I don't know if I can do that job, but I know I can do all the parts of it. Mm -hmm. What if we put it all together? Well, here we fucking go. You know? And uh, I fucking love it, man. I love that I don't know exactly what it is I do for a living. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It is fun. You know, long-term shit, short-term shit. Like, I have both
0: very different investments into the type of income I make yeah I mean I'm 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 very much just starting to go down this path with getting things the way I want to you know modeled and set up and it was like after getting down you know going down this journey with podcasting that I very quickly you know because after you had piqued my interest with it and then I was a guest on your show Mm -hmm. and that was the first time I'd ever went public that was like you were so awesome because you were super patient with me as we went through like three and a half hours of my it was life. Great, dude. Of my life with... And it, and I just like had never spoken publicly about a lot of that stuff. And it was the first time that I just like opened up to anybody and it felt good. It was cathartic. I remember the feeling that I felt after we were done recording. And then I think it was after you guys went home, I was like, that was actually pretty fun and pretty cool. And I kind of liked the way that felt. Mm-hmm. And uh, And then, you know, the self-doubt, self-fear thing kicked in. I didn't pursue it. It was something I wanted to do, something I was interested in, but I still had that fear in my mind where I was like, oh, nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Oh, I don't have any value to add. Oh, this is scary. Oh, people are going to judge me. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be on social media. And so I held back from it. And then the next opportunity I had was with our good friend, Andy Stumpf, who was like, here, be a co-host on my show. And then I really got to observe him at close range and he was already, already well down the trail and had discovered I I I was a student and I watched him and his craft and he's very good at it for and, sure
2: he, damn sure he is
0: and I learned a lot from him and then I was like okay cool now it's time now it's time for me to fucking rip the bandaid off quit being a pussy and fucking get after it well look you're gonna suck at it yeah oh that's the thing that you have to grasp you know I've well, even that's th- the thing you need to enjoy yeah because yeah.
2: holy shit we're bad
0: at this yeah. And, like, almost to the point of,
2: like, you don't know where to start? You record a podcast. Yes. Open up your fucking phone mm-hmm. to the microphone and go. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Want to do some preparation for it? Try. Sure. But fucking record it. And you can also send it out. That's it. That's how hard it is to be mm-hmm. a fucking podcaster. You could have. You could be a podcaster this afternoon.
0: Yeah, go into your voice memo app. Yep. Sit down with a friend, crack open a beer, push the fucking record button. Yeah, because if you
2: think you need this studio or this lighting or any of these type of things set up on day one to get started, you're fucking, you're mistaken. And not only that, like, none of those things are going to improve your day one start. Like, unless that audience is already there and coming from something else, it doesn't fucking work that
0: way. Dude, I'm still using the fucking setup that you had... Yeah. And that we recorded I, I still have it. It's yeah. in my fucking travel box. It
2: lives under my
0: desk. Yeah. Do you still use it? Yeah. Yeah. That's when it, when we're on the road, that's what goes with it. It's fucking awesome. It takes up no space. You get great sound out of it. And it's it's a fucking great tool. And no, yes. I just
2: complicated because now I need cameras too.
0: Yeah. Well, I am mean, I'm, it's I'm a fucking disaster. right behind you on that. But this I is... Didn't. No
2: one's asked for it.
0: <laughs> people are screaming at me now. They're like, put your podcast on YouTube. So, like, now my audience is demanding it now. Like, yeah. I've had fuck 50 60 emails where people are like hey Yo, just
2: upload it right now
0: love your podcast
1: upload could it
2: you? right now without video
0: well just because people will use youtube as the app to listen to stuff oh, okay so just so just it upload it there audio okay. yep
2: and just put your fucking logo over it
1: okay
0: yeah because people have been demanding video so we've, we've got it which is why i started the youtube channel now which is yeah. like the whole i'm like four videos deep but it's funny when you're like you're going to suck at it. I say that on my video. I'm like, okay, people, you guys asked for it. Here we are. It's like on, are. it's on my intro to the channel video where I'm like, hey, here we are. You guys asked for it. You want it. We're going to do it. We're going to suck at it. And please enjoy the journey with us.
2: Well, like my, for every week when I talk to like my uh, my group with the 1612, mm-hmm. like the first thing I lead off with is like, just a heads up, I'm a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Full transparency. Like, let me be here.
2: clear yeah. who we've all decided to listen to. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. Right. What I am is hardworking, and I typically mm-hmm. try not to make the same mistakes more than once. And that usually will get you far in life. I will happily share any information I've acquired along the way Yep. to help your journey be less,
0: less shit. Yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons why I love you as a human being, dude, because you said one of the most impactful things to me that I'd never heard any human say until it came out of your mouth, surprisingly, was a rising tide raises all ships. And the reason you said that to me was because I was like, I was a little bit, hesitant for whatever reason to like ask you i think it was about the podcasting gear i think i got i got a hold of you and yeah like like it's some secret i invented yes and i was like hey man could uh, i don't want to like you know uh, could you just do you mind sharing (laughs) like what gear you were using when you were over at my place and what we recorded on and you were like absolutely man and you like sent me all the links and you sent me pictures of everything and what everything was and then like i think you even sent me a couple links on amazon which is where i bought the shit and uh I was like, hey man, I can't tell you how much uh, i appreciate you sharing that with me and you were like, Yeah, man, no problem. Rising tide raises all ships And I was like that was a moment where I was like Well that's
2: that's holy a pretty fuck. simple look at like operating out of scarcity or abundance, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, the scarcity idea is that like I'm going to respond with like, No, you gotta figure out your own kit, like that's mm-hmm. part of the fucking come up.
0: Right. And <laughs> that attitude exists. Of course it does. It's out there. and you know, I know it does.
2: It's just fucking
0: lame. And it's prevalent in my community, where I came from. It's prevalent
2: in most communities. Yeah. That, that people think the hardships you came up with, everyone needs to also experience on their thing. Correct. And if we want people to get better, we have to shortcut some of that. Mm-hmm. Like, if we want society to get better, the next group needs some shortcuts. And, just a fucking heads up, all that information exists. Yeah. None of it's hard to find. Mm -hmm. So someone asking, like you asking me, hey, what's your podcast setup? Yeah. There's 100 million YouTube videos giving ideas of podcast setups. Yep. It's not like figuring out your podcast setup is a fucking mystery. The only thing I'm accomplishing is being a dick. Mm Mm-hmm. But not telling you.
0: Right. And those people exist and they're out there. If you have
2: the ability to make a fucking great show that surpasses mine. Right. That has nothing to do with the fact that I told you how to use equipment. You did a better job. Right. There's a thing you have that I clearly don't, mm-hmm. and it ain't that. It ain't the fucking Zoom.
0: Right. It's not the H6. That
2: isn't what's making your podcast great or shitty. So I don't care. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not important right. information to share with you. Right. Like you. So yeah, living living in more of the abundance, right? That like, well, my friend doing better makes his life better, which makes my life better. Yeah. Like why why would somehow something getting better for my friend make my life worse? Mm-hmm. Like it's not taken away from mine. It's adding two.
1: Yeah,
0: but there's those people out there. I've had those people in my life that are like, I have th- th- I got a secret game, and you ask them, and they get all fucking, you know, pissy about it's it. not real. Or they're worried that you will do what you just described, which is surpass them at something that you maybe are idolizing them about, and you're like, oh, my God, what? you're this fucking amazing, like, PRS shooter, and you're this gunsmith, and you're all these things, and you start digging into them and asking them questions. Well, turns out. They're not doing their own gunsmithing work. They're taking it to their neighbor's house, and he's doing the work on it.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, look, a perfect example of this is, is Nick Kumilazos. Yeah. Right. Nick Nick kind of got into the YouTube thing after I did. Yeah. And we hit it off and traveled yeah. a bit together yeah. and did some stuff. And, man, we called each other. We were on the phone probably three or four days a week just fucking nerding out about camera gear and mm-hmm. editing shit. And, like, we are both just in it. Yeah. And, yo, his channel blew up. Mm-hmm blew up and fucking flew fucking past mine with some two hundred thousand plus people now subscribed and telling stories and doing he's fucking incredible at it yeah, yeah he's doing great and i'm not bitter about any of that Mm-mm. you know i got to be some part of that success right. right that doesn't take away from mine it adds to it it doesn't show what my channel isn't because mine's still sitting at 40k yeah
0: you see he did the same thing to me like when we met i think in 2012 at shot show He was picking my brain on, like, business and entrepreneurial stuff and asking (laughs) me questions about product development and asking me questions about Mm -hmm. marketing, doing all this stuff. And then he just fucking took it to another level, man. And he eclipsed me fucking quickly. And, dude, now he's super successful. He's, what, fucking seven? He's running seven companies or something like that. Yeah, he's he's
2: doing a very similar shit to me.
0: Yeah, he's fucking crushing. So good for him, man. And then, like, I have no – there's no hard feelings about that. I'm not like, oh. I fucking gave him all my secrets and he fucking now he's super successful. So, you know, like, if
2: your secrets don't work for you, right? Also, Correct. it's a fucking marketing game. Yeah, but like the game's mm-hmm. marketing, the game yeah. is network, the game is meet mm-hmm. people, the game is you no know, show, it's be valuable. Yeah, right? Like, it really does come down to that. Like, can mm-hmm. you be valuable to people, whether that's in fucking audio form or video mm-hmm. form or into friends who have podcasts? Because I'm valuable yeah. because I can pr- provide a good conversation.
0: Yeah. I didn't realize I had value until I started doing this and then people started blowing me up and they're like asking me questions about this and asking me questions about that and like life stuff and gear stuff and travel stuff and leadership stuff and like yep. I've got this situation at work. What should I do and as and as the, the more that proliferated the more I realized oh shit I do have value because for the longest time like that was the voice in the back of my head is like what the fuck are you going to talk about if you have a podcast. What value are you bringing to the table? <laughs> you used to run around with a fucking man dress on in the mountains of Afghanistan. Nobody fucking gives a fuck. How are you going to help anybody? And I fucking had to fucking deal with that little voice in the back of my head and then like look at what people were, people were just relentlessly still doing it, still coming to me. Don't be fooled, people. My little fucking 800 followers on Instagram because my page got deleted. I fucking... I I deal with people, all, and it's not just here in our country. It's, like, all over the world. Like, yep. I have followers in the U.K. I have followers in South Africa. Shout out, Soria. You're fucking awesome. I have people in Norway. I have people in Australia, people in Canada, like, all over the fucking world. And these people, like, reach out to me on a regular basis. They're like, hey, what's up? Got this question for you. Can I get some of your time real quick? Yeah. Yeah, I love
2: it. You know, that's one of those things, like, man, I've I've responded to, I bet, I bet I've responded to, like, 90 fucking 5% of direct messages mm-hmm. I've ever gotten. Yeah. Since me too. since it started, like, yeah. yo, thanks. Mm-hmm. I love getting to fucking do all this. Yeah, you're not hassling me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If you are interested in trying to develop that fucking fire in your life that I feel for mine, let me help. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see it because, mm-hmm. man, the things I'm doing, I don't aren't necessarily for anyone else. They're things I love. Yeah. I just want people to feel that way about their fucking
0: life, right? Well, as they should be. And like, I can't tell you like how many how sad I feel for people when I see them. And I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you go to the gas station and it's the fucking dude that's like working in the little gas kiosk selling cigarettes and you just see that he's completely dead in his eyes. And I look at people like that and I'm like, I wonder what that dude wanted to be. I wonder what his dreams are. I wonder what he wants to accomplish with his life that he's too scared to do. Because that's the only thing that could keep you in a gas kiosk, fuck station kiosk, selling fucking packs of cigarettes. And making sure the pumps switch on when they're supposed to is fear. It yes and no, right? Like I think
2: there's some some importance that like a um, so with the book four agreements. Mm-hmm. Don Miguel Don Miguel Ruiz. Familiar with that?
0: I am familiar with. That. I haven't read it yet.
2: Okay, one of those four agreements. You have uh, be impeccable with your word. Yes, I'll probably get these in the wrong order. It's never something I do well. I also pretty much get three out of four every time. <laughs> I <try to> <laughs> Despite a book I've read fucking twice a year for Well
0: Marissa had to f- pick yeah, up of course. slack. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. she she got the last yeah, one. Yeah, She did. Pro-
2: very helpful. Yeah. Thank you, Marissa. Uh but yeah, be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally. Always do your best. And uh Fuck. I even got it on that run. Impeccable <laughs> with your word. Don't take any person don't take anything but per- don't make assumptions. Right. Right. So okay. the don't make assumptions piece. And this is this is as far as like the four agreements of managing your own energy mm-hmm. so that you can choose where your energy goes.
0: Yeah, where you can spend yeah, so it. Yeah. if we're
2: going to be a little woo-woo, right? Yeah. Like me even putting together a storyline that creates energy about what that guy who works at the gas station's life mm-hmm. is and assuming he hates it is assuming. Mm. When I don't remember him asking me any opinion about what he's doing with his life. Correct. I don't have a thought on it. Yeah. I'll be nice to him.
0: Listen, I, I just, hope
2: he's as happy as I am. I got to be honest That's with it. you.
0: I just found my empathy not too long ago. I know. I, I was, know. Right. 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 <laughs> I <was trying> to, <laughs> it's a complicated. Thing. I was trying to use my empathy. I was like trying to look at this guy, and I'm like, oh, look how sad and dead he looks in the eyes. Man, I feel. Fa- I feel. I feel empathetic towards this human. I wonder what his dreams were. What's the thought process? I'm not gonna walk around in
2: my day trying to help drowning people, not asking for help. Mm. Right. Do you know what I mean? That guy may not feel like he's drowning. He may be under my definition of drowning, but that this may be a fucking giant upgrade in his life from yeah. foster care that he grew up in and not having any stability to mm-hmm. now he's had the same job for fucking five years and has his own place. Mm-hmm. And so I really work on that, you know, staying in abundance, right, by not making that assumption, yeah, not giving that thing the energy of like, because cause even along those lines, right, like there's still some piece of energy that you're now taking with that. That has to recognize there's miserable people fucking running around. Yeah. And if they could just see it, they'd do it. They won't. They haven't for fucking however many thousand years. People, people figuring out enlightenment's not new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of this is fucking right. new to the show. It's not like people got it and they're like, woohoo, finally. Right. Now we've fucked this up for millennia. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, I just, I just wish the guy the best. I hope yeah. that if there's ever a point. He decides he wants more He can have it Mm -hmm. And if he's happy Write the fuck on Yeah Because I bet that guy Would be miserable In my fucking life
0: Oh there's a ton of people That would just fucking That would Like I
2: My life is a fucking Nightmare for a lot of
0: people Yeah I talk about it constantly People don't want this life Because we're on All the fucking time Some do Some do And for those who 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 want that And have Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Whatever it is To figure it out It's fucking great Mm -hmm. I won't tell you Anything different that, like, this is no, not a fucking punishment for me. I'm stoked every fucking me day. Me too. Stoked every me fucking too, day. Me too, but I've it. seen
0: I've seen people that try to do it and it smashes them. And then they fucking come back and they're like, dude, I don't know how the fuck you do that. Like, I had to go back. I went and got my job back because I couldn't fucking, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't know how the fuck you do it. Well, how the I, fuck do you do it?
2: I fucking did it, right? Like, I, I opened a bike shop and got my ass kicked and mm-hmm. fucking went and got a regular job for a decade. Yeah. Um, and then fell into this. But once I removed the reins and said, we're fucking all in on whatever this life is, Mm -hmm. I haven't looked back. Yeah. Um, And it's the entrepreneurship thing. You know, it's, it's being able to problem solve as quick as you can.
0: Yeah, dynamically problem solve. That's it. The 100 million problems a day.
2: Stop fucking walking around with any type of expectation of how this is supposed to go. Yeah. And work on the intention of what you want to accomplish. Like, that's it. Yeah. Admit that I don't know how this is going to fucking go, but we're going to start trying shit. Yeah. And the first action is pick a thing, try it. Right. Like, that. that's still the first move. We can talk planning and talk all this shit, right? And until we try one thing and see how it goes and we have some data to go off of mm-hmm. that, I'm not going to emotionally process that fail or progress. Yeah. It simply is. It's simply telling me, good plan, not good plan. More, less. And that's how I look at trying to make decisions. Yeah. Um, You know, is this more of what I want? Is this less of what I want? Do more or less of that to get more or less of it. Yeah. Um, Well, just take the first step. The first step is the
0: hardest fucking one. It's like you just said, if you're out there and you fucking think you want a podcast...
2: Start, yeah. Well, I mean, people that people that want to do entrepreneurship, yeah. right? Like you want to own a fucking business or any of these type of things. And like, man, the people get caught up in all this like, oh, I need to get a trademark and I need to fucking talk to my lawyer. Like, you'll make fucking money. Right. Start selling something. Yeah. Get your shit together. Figure out what you want to fucking sell. You don't even need product at this point to start a business and start selling shit. Mm-hmm. Do a presale. Yeah. But you still have to figure out a thing people fucking want. Right. That's that's the hard part.
0: Yeah, a widget or a service, what's whatever your, it
2: is, man. Find your? out a fucking job that people don't like doing and offer to do it for them,
1: right?
2: Or a really fucking hard one that it takes a lot of work to do that only you can do.
1: Yeah,
2: I have a couple jobs that pay me that are a variety of all those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but start fucking working, dude. Like I, like hate brand. I didn't. I've never invested any money in this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I started. With a pre sale for t shirts that I opened after selling three ebooks. And then we turned that into stock, and then we had stock to sell, and that allowed us to buy more shirts for the next time we came up with things. But what I figured out business wise is that I needed to follow the drop model. Like I needed to follow a thing where I put out new things, because mm-hmm. that's what kept people coming back to shopping from me. Right. That's where I struggle with trying to figure out marketing really well for uh, my coffee company. Because we have three or four items, and they don't change very much. Mm-hmm. Whereas running, hey, you know, I got that system Dialed. locked up. Yeah. Because I can come up with new. All the time. That fucking bucket will never be empty. Right. <laughs> can do. That's a weird thing to also get confident in. Mm-hmm. Because I remember having times in the last eight years where, I can, where I've where i sat down with, like, oh, we need designs for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, we got nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the well is fucking dry. Yeah. And what I've figured out is... How to refill the well. And for me it's travel, it's inspiration or any of these type Mm -hmm. of things, but man, quit worrying about step two hundred being in the way of step one. Right. Like start a fucking Instagram page, start a YouTube channel, start whatever it is you want, start an Etsy page, start selling a fucking thing if you want to run a business. Mm -hmm. Figure everything out out, everything else out on the legal thing as it grows. I promise that won't be the thing that shuts you down.
0: No, and I and I would I would say this, if you can monetize your passion, do that because i feel like i feel like what you're discussing and what from what i've experienced there's people that fall into two categories there's the people that are passionate about just having their own enterprise fill in the blank it doesn't matter what the fuck it mm-hmm. is they like just sailing their own ship it doesn't matter if the ship is like moving fucking oil. It doesn't matter if right. it's moving tea. It doesn't matter. There's people matter. that just want to own business. Yeah. There's people out there that just nerd out about having a fucking business enterprise, whether it's providing a product or a service. They don't care. They just like that.
2: Yeah, I got into real estate because I thought that was a thing that could help make me rich. Mm-hmm. Like that. I think that's like a common idea of in following investment, right? Like that right. people like I did this because it would make me fucking mm-hmm. money. Side effect number one, main
0: goal, make more money. Yeah, and there's people out there that are super successful with that. Then there's the other people and I fall I fall in this category that are they found their passion. They know what they fucking love, which sets them on fire, and they want to do that thing every day and they want to get paid for it. That's me, and you go do that.
2: I fall into category 2. Yes, <laughs> the same. Yeah. I like money.
1: Yeah. But I basically
2: good. use money and revenue now as a metric of progress. Right. Um as long as I'm getting to do the things I want to do mm-hmm. and make things I want to make, we'll use the other as data for progress. Right. And, fuck, as long as I get to do things I want to do and make things I want to make, mm-hmm. I'll figure out the fucking money part. Yeah. I'll live differently.
0: Yeah, I live very minimalist and very utilitarian, and I, but the, 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 way, the reason I do that is because I get to literally wake up every day and choose my own adventure, go do whatever the fuck I want, go wherever I want, travel wherever I want, talk to whoever I want, fucking... It's a, it's a, every day I wake up. It's choose your own adventure.
2: I'm but, so turned on, like, by the van life thing. I love it. Right, like I, I like the overland, whatever yeah. it is. People, fucking wild people. People yeah. that just say, "Fuck it, I'm gonna live in a van." Mm-hmm. Like, I know a couple now that like full time van life people, and yeah. like, you know, they're not living in two hundred thousand dollar fucking vans. No, they just figured it out. Yeah, they got a van and put a fucking mattress in it, and they're shit. Yeah, and then they took off. It's that fucking simple, mm-hmm. right? Do you know how much more excited I am about seeing that life of which, which, in all honesty, is possible fucking poverty Yeah. than I am someone making a lot of money going to a job they don't fucking sp- like and spending their nights with a woman that they don't fucking care about, and they lie to each other? Fuck that existence. Yes. Fuck that existence right in the mouth, man. I have no fucking interest in it whatsoever. Yeah,
0: and I've seen that happen a lot. Then you're
2: both just sitting there saying, but "Look at all these things. These things are show how show our success.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> we're miserable,
0: <laughs> right? We hate each other. We're up to in debt up to our eyeballs, and uh, we can't
2: stop doing. We can't stop the train we're on.
0: No, we have a fucking boat that we use four days a year that costs a hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, or we're convinced we can't stop the train we're mm-hmm. on. What would people think? Mm-hmm. What would people think? They won't. They don't give a
2: mm-hmm. shit. They'll pay attention for a week. It's not their fucking problem. They have their own.
1: Yeah."
0: Well, a lot of people when they've they've hit me up and they've been like, well, Brian, like, can you talk about some of your failures? And I do. And and then they're like, well, wow, that's pretty substantial. Like, how is that? How's that not catastrophic for you? And like, what, what about this? And what about and I'm like, people have the fucking shortest attention span in the world. Like, I don't like if I fuck up, great. I'm going to fix that and I'm going to learn from it and it'll never happen again. But if I do, people are going to forget about it in a fucking week. No. So That's I'm not worried anymore. I'm no longer worried about public opinion anymore, especially when I say fucking, because I have an unfiltered fucking potty mouth. I tell people what, when people are like, what's, what's the premise for the show? I'm like, I'm a professional profaniteer. They're like, what? <laughs> That's great. I'm a
2: Profaniteer, like, it's a fucking great yeah, term.
0: I made it up. I like it. Yeah. Feel free to use it, use it as much as you want. Yeah, I'm It a prof- sounds like a much
2: more rough and tumble
0: musketeer. Yeah, I'm a profaniteer. I hope
2: still big hats with a feather in it.
0: Though. Yes talking really offensive shit. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's the premise of the show is fucking being a professional profaniteer and, and uh, you know, I don't worry about it anymore because people will forget in 15 minutes. Because people fucking forget, man. Mm-hmm. Short attention span. Yes. Sh- very short attention it
2: concerns span. concerns me with the short attention span with in the last five years, we've seemed to be very interested in rewriting history. <laughs> oh, yeah yes um yeah i think that's really dangerous
0: i think it is too
2: now with the other side of that the rewriting history i do i do enjoy a truthful version of history
0: yes so do like,
2: i like i'm not interested in the history that columbus found america
0: like that's <laughs> like how things fucking work
2: right do you know what i mean but like yeah fuck me we still celebrate columbus day
0: Mm-hmm. yeah like, when do we let that go I don't know, considering, like, what, Vikings were here, like, two or three hundred years before. Like, we know more. Yeah.
2: We know more. Yeah. But all these fucking holidays were invented in the 60s with mm-hmm. Hallmark. Right. <sighs> like, it's it's okay to be like, hey, man, we fucked up Columbus Day.
0: hmm Yeah, we can probably let that one go. Right. As it turns out, folks, Columbus did not discover America.
2: No, good leadership has mm-hmm. the ability to say, like, yeah, I fucked that up. Sorry. Yeah. Doing the best I thought I knew how. Thank <laughs> you guys for supporting me. I fucked that up. We're going to go a different way. Correct. Instead of like, well, we're committed. Mm-hmm. Ride her into the ground, boys. Yeah, man. It Like, a lot of those type of things, like Columbus Day or any of this other bullshit. Like, I, I want a real history. Mm-hmm. And I don't want one, like, I know it's written by the winners. It is. And that's how it is always going to fucking
1: be. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think we have a really skewed version of the warm and fuzzy building of America,
1: mm-hmm,
0: yeah, yeah, there was nothing warm and fuzzy about it. no, we made bad choices, there were things that were done that were not great, and here we are, and like
2: made great fucking choices, right, like the end mm-hmm. of world war one yeah like i don't I don't remember exactly what. Uh, treaty or whatever it was that was signed but essentially like that was that big push for us to build our nation was at the end of world war one because we had signed a deal after getting involved yeah uh that the rebuilding of europe Mm -hmm. would essentially come through our factories yeah and like that's where all of our fucking money came
0: from yeah it was the rocket fuel for the industrial revolution
2: yeah well simply us i mean like all of the there weren't altruistic reasons for us entering these fights to help anyone out mm-hmm. or any of this. It was like, ah, business. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not bummed about that. That's real. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to pretend it's because we're superheroes that wear a cape that are the good guys. It's not what we are.
1: No. Yeah.
2: And I think I think removing that lens would help a lot.
0: Yeah and i think that there's a reality that people need to come in t- to terms with if you're a world leading superpower you don't get there and you don't stay there by not getting dirt on you <laughs> no dude but
2: there's such a, there's such a fucking look at our own country and a such a own look at like our thing right that like i think the us would want to draw itself as a stereotype as as superman mhm It's fucking red, white, and blue Boy Scout, Captain America, doing good, saving, saving. Like, I think that's who a lot of us really want to believe the U.S. is at its core.
0: I think there's a part of it that's true. Like we talk about with every issue, there's, like, multiple shades of gray with everything. Always. Always. I I don't
2: believe it's completely nihilistic and capitalist-driven or any
0: of those things. But
2: I believe it has to check those boxes before it checks the others. Right. I believe the bigger boxes that have Mm -hmm. to get checked before... Is this a good humanitarian thing? Is this good PR? Yeah. Is one that made us money first. Right. It can do both. But that one also... We're not doing one that doesn't check that fucking Mm -hmm. box. I'm just not interested in pretending that that's not who we are. Right. That's who we are. Some of that I like. Some of that I don't like.
0: We're in agreement. Yeah.
2: But I'm not fixing that.
1: No.
0: Right?
2: What I... The only thing I can change is hoping the community that I surround myself with and that I value is one that wants progress, one that wants to be better, one that wants to examine why things suck and creatively figure out what could Mm -hmm. be better solutions. And if that's at a smaller level within my own home, to my neighborhood, to my state, to my city, Mm -hmm. to eventually the country, great. But it isn't going to fix from there out. Right. All change has always happened small and spread, mm-hmm. just like a virus. Weird time for that, I suppose. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a good analogy. So, okay, well then, in talking about community and some of the things that you've built, why don't you dive into sixteen twelve, where that where that came from? Yeah, where that in- in- originated. This fucking jar of marbles that you have sitting here, which I think is awesome and it has a fucking amazing meaning to it. Why don't we talk about that?
2: So, 1612, the number itself uh, came from the weeks I have left to live. Uh, I came to that number as my father had passed away of pancreatic cancer April 5th, um, 2014, and I turned 30. So, he was 62, and I turned 31 the following day on my birthday. Um, And I just remember having this feeling of after watching this, you know, a quick 11-month deterioration to nothing, Mm -hmm. right? That, like, oh, man, halfway. Like, the ride's half over. How many of the things you've dreamed about have we done? Like, none? None percentage? Yeah. Sick. A none percentage, yeah. So, let's fucking get to getting. We have 1,612 weeks Left to accomplish everything. And as I've competed so long. It's always easy to look at stuff as like. "Ah, I'm five weeks out. Mm -hmm. I'm six weeks out. Right. No I'm sixteen hundred and twelve weeks out. That's how far out I'm Mm -hmm. And like that's quick dude. Because the trip from zero to thirty one. It's pretty fucking fast. Super fast. Now granted everything I've ever known happened. Mm -hmm. In that time span. Yeah. (laughs) But the reflection on it in the present is quick. The next 31 will be the same. Like, fuck man. It's like, I'm already at 1176 weeks, you know? And so the big ethos that came behind that too, wasn't that just be motivated and do and do and do, but it was, how did you fucking spend your week? Right. Right. Like I can spin that marble. Doing things I'm obligated to do with family gatherings mm-hmm. I, I'm not that into, or a job I don't fucking love, or conversations that I get drawn into, and bullshit, or being mad in traffic, or fucking any of these things I don't have to do that I'm drawn into that mm-hmm. I feel obligated or have to be part of, whether that's fucking school board meetings or whatever right. horse shit you're signed up for. If it doesn't matter to you,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or did I spend it in conversation around people I love? Trying to progress my skills, trying to learn new perspectives, right. trying to better myself and the people around me, trying to provide more value, doing things that fucking fuel my fire, do things that fucking check boxes on my list for me, because no one else will.
1: Because
2: either way, the marble goes in the fucking trash can. It's not any more valuable because you did one or the other. Both plans empty the fucking jar and put me in the ground. So why the fuck didn't I do? It? Why wouldn't I do them the way I want them? Right. The outcome's the same. There's no risk. Mm-hmm. No risk to this at all. And so, like, having that kind of feeling in life was such a fucking unlock, man. And it took a long time to go through because it was, you know, dad passing away and some things clicking there. And then quickly losing my sport a couple years later. And then seven or, well, sorry, nine knee surgeries in a three-year time span to, you know, from going at being second best in the world at my thing in the Highland Games the last time I competed in 2016 to... You know, by March of seventeen, like I can't go up and downstairs. Like I travel with a fucking cane for a couple years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I just knew I knew all of the physical things that I had ever dreamed about were gone. And I was like, oh, like all m- remember last time you rode a motorcycle? That was the last time. Remember the last time you did that? That's the last time you get to do that. Like you are never gonna have another squat PR, and all mm. that shit's stupid. But it, at the time, like yo, that's real. Yeah, like I'll never throw further again. Like, that feeling of of throwing well, which I fucking love more than anything else on earth. Yeah. I'll never have it again. That is a skill I have fucking mastered that is now gone. Oh, well. Get a new skill. Mm. Fucking good. (laughs) Right. Right? And so, like, I want to spend those weeks getting as much of that feeling as I fucking can. And, like, I want other people, you know, through the mentorship group and that kind of mentality of this total accountability and this total fucking responsibility for your life. That you're free. Yeah. You're the one making all the fucking decisions. Quit giving any power or fucking energy to someone else. Or admit you're choosing to do it. Yeah. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. There's not any rules to this other than you need to understand that every you are not a fucking victim. People's number one limiting factor is them. It always has been. And, I mean, look, I, I'm not here to tell you this fucking horse shit lie that I believe we were fed to of, like, you can be anything you want to be as long as you work hard. Like, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you work hard. Like, none of that's fucking true. I'm not telling you that if you bust ass and you do a bunch of cool shit that you'll make a bunch of money, get famous, or become a millionaire, or any of that. What I'm saying is, do it because you fucking love it. Like, yeah. spend your time doing things you fucking like. Making money is a side effect for, for, for providing value. Mm-hmm. And if that's not what you want to do, and get, making more money doesn't fucking make your dick hard... Find what does. Right. And fucking pour everything into it. Yeah. Go all in. Push push your chips to the middle of the table. Because cause guess what? In 10 years, I'm going to find another thing I'm interested in. I know that. There's a chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm not building a fucking retirement plan so that I podcast when I'm 60. Yeah, a Who r- fucking knows what that guy wants to do? Right. I'm trying to fucking set as many options up for him as fucking possible. Yeah. If he wants to live in Bali with his balls out all day in the sun... I'd like to him to be able to say, yes. I can do that. Right. What I don't want him is to be able to be like, I can't because of this. Right. Because of something I didn't get in line that I could have. Right. I don't know that I want to live in Bali with my balls out. But I'm all right with being the guy to be like, I don't want to live in Bali. I don't want to mm-hmm. say I can't. Right. I can fucking do anything I want.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll figure it out. Yeah. And like that feeling, that's what I want to instill in people. Like, you can fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing
0: to fuck stuff up. Well, that's what all of us are doing. Like, I have people all fuck the time. stuff up at full speed, baby. <laughs> right. A- everybody is like, "Oh, aren't you worried about failing this and failing that?" And and I'm like, "No, failing is how you learn. Number one, but it, it's the best teacher. But also, everybody thinks that we have this like little magic fucking bag of like magic powder that fucking enables us this creative like ability to just do these things and and." become whatever we want and like there's no consequences and like no like all of us have just figured it out yeah like i didn't know fuck all about podcasting what did i do i called my friend Matt vincent who's been podcasting successfully and i said hey man can you help me out here give me some pointers yep can you do what what do you recommend i do and guess what I'm going to do the same thing. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to talk to you about fucking YouTube because (laughs) I just started my YouTube channel. Last month, I've got like 47 followers on YouTube. I have a
2: bunch of complicated answers for that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I know. They're probably going to be as complicated as fucking as it was for the podcasting (laughs) gear. But yeah, like that's what we do. We fucking, it's problem solving. Figure it the fuck out. Okay? Find out, okay, like.
2: Well, like in the same way, right? Like with with your background in operations, like Mm -hmm. you got to be a bit of a gear junkie.
0: Oh, super There's good. There's no kit. fucking way yep. you're not.
2: You're also a product developer.
0: Yeah, I'm an industrial designer, right. so I'm a fucking total gear queer. Yeah.
2: So part of that gear junkie shit, it's optimizing your kit. hmm Like, it's the fun of trying to find that perfect piece of, like, I went out on a trip, mm-hmm. I used 100% of the things I brought, yep. and I didn't need anything I forgot. hmm Like, that's the sweet
0: spot.
1: Yeah,
2: that's where you want to be. And... I had them located in places that made them accessible when I fucking wanted them. Right. right? Like, I want that feeling for my life. Right. <laughs> and so, for that to be, like, everything's got to be on the chopping block of, like, this thing no longer helps my kit.
0: Done.
1: Gone.
2: You know what I mean? Like, we're mm. not doing things at night anymore. Quit fucking carrying flashlights. Right. It's not, we'll never be at night. The emergency won't fucking happen. hmm You know what I mean? Stop fucking, like, I'm cycling a lot, but I'm I'm doing it here. Yeah. I don't need to have a fucking flat tire kit with me, Mm -mm. right? There's no fucking flat tires in here, right? And so, like, I have an indoor kit. I have a fucking outdoor kit. I have a when I travel kit. Like, I love figuring out those kits, and so I like figuring out my podcast kit. Yeah. The studio kit. You know, my editing desk setup kit. Like, I want to optimize all those things to be the most efficient they can be for doing the thing I'm currently fucking into. Right. Right. But I allow that whatever I'm currently into to drift a lot. Yeah. I will not commit to a thing because I built a kit for it. Mm-mm. And I think there's a lot to that like, well I figured out that figured out that hiking pack thing, so now I gotta do those type of hikes. Like, no man, just oh. fucking change. Yeah. Or sell it. Build a new kit. Fuck it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, you're not those things. Right. They don't have anything to do with you. They're not going to the ground with you. They won't be in your fucking
0: tombstone. You are not any of the things you've ever purchased. No one gives a shit. Dude, I had gear hoarded so much at one point. I fucking had a garage sale. And you know how much I made on my garage sale? $6,000. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I sold every single thing. It was fucking awesome. And it was the most liberating moment of my life. I was like, just offloaded a 20-foot shipping container of gear. Right. It's no longer my my concern. And sold the container. I had a 20-foot shipping container (laughs) myself full of fucking gear. That's ridiculous. I sold it all. Made six thousand dollars on that, then sold the shipping container for as much as I bought it for. It was like twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, week. yeah. So I walked away with like nine grand from this, right. and then like no more burden.
2: But you don't have all those things anymore,
0: and like <laughs> and, and look, I don't miss them. Right, of course, right, because
2: them. they were sitting in a fucking shipping container, not mm-hmm. getting used. Right. Storage units. <laughs> it's the dumbest. Do you know thing. what I mean? Like, what are mm-hmm. you like? What the fuck's in there that you think you're gonna need in ten years? Mm-hmm. No one wants to see those photos ever again, man. No. Put them on a fucking DVD. Get a little bit more organized and move on with your life if mm. you give a shit about that. Because get, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, do, I, I just don't know why people have so much yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, and I want to be clear on definition of shit. Yeah. Things you don't use. Mm-hmm. If you have nine cars and fucking drive nine cars on a mm-hmm. regular basis, let it fucking rip. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. But don't have fucking eight cars that don't run. And then feel like
0: you're being held back by shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't get both. Yeah, I, I constantly like one of the major friction points because I've, I've solved this life hack now and I've like become comfortable with it, which was hard because I grew up in a fucking hoarding household. <laughs> Fuck. So I I don't... if My rule with things now is if I haven't used it or touched it in six months, it's mm-hmm. gone. It's got to go. It's got to go. Yep. It's gone. Like all my clothes right now, will fit into a 120-liter fucking... Every piece of clothing that I own on this planet will fit into a 120-liter Patagonia duffel bag.
2: Man, I'm so turned on by the idea of that. And I can't ever fucking get it right. Dude, like, I'm there. I'm there's there. some part of me that is so fucking turned on by the concept of, like, my closet is fucking eight black T-shirts mm-hmm. and, like, three pair of black pants and some fucking shorts. Yep. The reality is I'm a gross fucking goblin of a person. And I spend most days doing hot, sweaty things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I need clothes. I also own a fucking apparel company <laughs> yeah. that constantly makes clothes. It's a fucking so first world problem of ma- mag fucking proportions. Yeah. Of like, yo, know, I love the idea of just like fuck it. I have five t-shirts, yeah. but I also like new t-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's a real problem. <laughs> yeah, man. Even that—that's a really weird thing with consumerism right now. That you know we even see in the apparel market. Average lifespan of an item. Mm -hmm. And not like it falls apart. So, like, average lifespan of something people buy is where it's seven times. Oh, wow. That's it. That's it? Seven uses
0: before it moves on or they stop wearing it. I'm not that guy. Same. I have, like I said, all my clothes fit in a a 120-liter duffel. Like, I wear my shit until it's, like, got holes in it. It was so funny. We got back to the house. Like, I, I was wearing that sore neck shirt. And, uh, I fucking have worn the shit out of that thing so much that the fucking, that the sleeve came unthreaded. And when we got back to the house, I was like looking at it and it's like, it was completely unstitched, like all the <laughs> way down past my armpit. And I was like, cause I felt like a breeze hit me and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, oh we came in the house and like, it, it you know, it's hotter than fucking Sane's asshole out here right now. It and is it's su- a
2: warm one in St. Louis. Super
0: humid. So I like, got, I got into the house where it was air conditioning and I got like a little blast of AC. On I me, mean, I was like, what, what was that? And I look down, and it's like, it's like ripped down past my, past my fucking <laughs> oh, shit. Past my armpit. It's a cool and I was look. Like, I'm like, well, really like Bert's company and his gear, but I think it's probably time, it's time to, like to retire this Retire shirt. this shirt because it's fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with the clothing. Like, yeah, I, I wear shit until it's like ripped up, has holes in it. And then I'm like, okay, I look like a homeless person right now, so I'm going to go ahead and replace this.
2: They're. I carry very little sentimentality to mm-hmm. things. I have a couple items that, like, yo, know, that's my item. Mm-hmm. Like, I like my watch. Mm-hmm. My watch is one of those things that, like, yeah, I give a shit. Um, I don't take very good care of it, but I have a nice watch mm-hmm. that I fucking beat the fuck out of it, beat it's the shit out of spray painted, <laughs> and there's overspray I, on I like it from it.
0: doing I, stuff. I have those pieces of gear too, man. I have those fucking certain items in my life, too, that I'm like, okay. Mainly the thing that I indulge on is artwork. Mm. I love art now to where I'm like, if I see a piece and it fucking hits me the right way, I'm like, I'm buying that. I don't give a fuck how much it costs. Like, I've had to save money to buy certain pieces of artwork.
2: So that feeling you get, like, right? Like, whatever that thing is of, like, that's the thing, Mm -hmm. I'll feel that way about a number of things, like, so this this lighter.
1: Yeah. Was yep.
2: one of those things the first time I saw it, I was like, That's fucking great. Yeah. I like everything about this lighter. I mm-hmm. like everything about the concept and story behind it. Mm-hmm. I love the way it works. I love the tactile feel of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. Right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever it is that gets me that feeling mm-hmm. I'm kinda interested in having around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or like the uh like you were talking about last night with that like YouTube. Show with the guy from Mythbusters. What's his name? Adam Savage. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, great. And then that his YouTube channel is called Tested. Tested. And you were telling me like how, like we were watching this thing where he's like building Hellboy's gun. Yeah. yeah and this, then he's This guy. Yeah. And he's got this fucking mat, this leather mat. And you're like, yeah, you see that mat he's building on? Like he, he builds a lot of projects on that. And then he'll take that mat and he'll like cut it up and turn it into a backpack or a satchel <sighs> or whatever. And you're like, I want a wallet. And you're like, I'm the only one that's going to know about it. I'm the only one that's going to give a fuck. No one else is going to give a fuck that I have. Abs. Like, that that leather, like,
2: even if I could get, like, that whole leather sheet right and, like, make that my desk in here. Yeah. It would be something that I would fucking
0: nerds
1: have to hard.
2: tell everyone yeah. who came in the room what it is, <laughs> yeah. and no one would give a shit. Yeah. Which is great, because I did that for a long time with Highland Games. Mm-hmm. No one fucking cares. Yeah. <laughs> no one's interested in the sport. Yeah. Everyone... Pretty much thinks it's strongman. Yeah, I yeah. got used to that for a really long yeah. time, being really good at a thing that no one gives a fuck about.
0: Yeah, they're like, you guys throw kegs around or something, don't you? Sure yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, you guys lift you guys do farmers runs with kegs. Well, like
2: even, even for it, it's if I was good at darts, more people would be impressed. <laughs> yeah, because people have played darts. Right. Yeah. I mean, to the point of like even close friends and people like mm-hmm. that will refer to it as like, well, you won the Highland Games. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that's not how it works. Like, the Highland Games is a sport. Like, no one won football. Yeah. Right? Like, you would say you won the Super Bowl. Yes. Right? And so, that's how little anyone knows about the thing I've fucking
0: dedicated. Gated your life to. Everything to. Yeah. You know,
2: that I walk around with a shitty fake knee now because of. And, like, it wasn't for them anyway.
0: So, speaking of your shitty fake knee and that journey, like, I think it's critical if you could just, like, talk about that. Because that's one of the main points I wanted to hit with you is, like, that... Those mental barriers that you have to get over with a physical... With regard to the trauma of a physical injury. Because you and I can talk more offline about it. But, like, I've had my own journey with that. With like, And I've only had three knee surgeries. But I've had both of my patellars blow the fuck mm-hmm. out. I've had three knee surgeries now. And now there's a, there's a fucking mental aspect to that game now where I'm, like, scared to yeah. do the things. Guess what? I haven't sprinted full out fucking in years. Right. Because I'm afraid to. Right. Because that's how my fucking... Right knee blue.
2: Totally understand, man.
0: So, like, how do you, being nine surgeries deep, losing your fucking, you know, your, your professional athletic career from it, and then, like, going through that whole journey with your fucking, with your knee with your knee stuff, and then getting a knee replacement at, what, 38? Yeah, 36. 36. Yeah. Getting your knee replaced at 36 years old. How did that, because, and what I want to segue into is, like, I saw that film you did with Brandt, Fragile Yep. on YouTube. I highly recommend you guys go check it out. It, it's That, to me, was very telling about, like, where my current mental state is. So if you could dive into that, man, and unpack that, that'd be awesome.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I never had a catastrophic injury. Like, there wasn't ever this, like, boom, I'm fucking hurt. It was, I knew I didn't have an ACL. It had been gone a mm-hmm. long time. I tore it once in college and then got it fixed and competed on it and then tore it again later on in life while I was – not having insurance or mm-hmm. going to fix it. So through all the strongman stuff, the powerlifting, the weightlifting, like I still didn't have an ACL, but it's, it's not that fucking critical uh, or it wasn't. So at the end of 2016, like I start noticing, like I can't really extend my leg all the way anymore mm-hmm. because of this meniscectomy that I had earlier in the year. Yeah, Things had started to unravel mm-hmm. and I was aware of it. And so trying to be proactive, I was like, fuck it, let's go in and do an ACL surgery at the end of this year. I'll take a year of rehab and then we'll get back to the sport and fucking be ready to slaughter people, right you know um, didn't quite go that way <laughs> uh so i had had knee surgery and did three months of rehab, and things look good and go in, and the a c l's gone mm-hmm. and there's no injury, it just is rejecting cadaver tissue and so back in back through the rehab, and all the way you're you're just chipping away at this thing mm-hmm. and so. You know, going from that mentality of like, all right, we'll take this year off. We're going to fucking rehab. We'll manage our diet. We'll get as much. We'll f- fix as many things as we can that we've neglected running this machine in the red for the last fucking six years. Or, yeah, it's six or seven years. We'll take some time to rebuild and come back and make our final push into whatever we'll be and then we'll retire. Because yeah. this is going to come to an end. I knew that. Um, And, it, and at some point, man, like, it, it shifted to where, you know, I wasn't going to compete again. Like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember coming out of a surgery, and things had stopped getting better pain-wise. Like, I knew, like, where the two-week mark feels like. I know what the four-week mark feels like. And at six weeks, I'm like, we're still doing this really weird thing that if I if I push past whatever, like, the threshold is I can do training-wise, and fucking isn't much. Like, I'm talking about walking at this point, right. like, 200 yards. Like, I ain't trying to squat. Mm-mm. If I can't walk 200 yards... Squatting's not going to help. Yeah. I'm also a moron, so there's times I would just be like, "Well, fuck. If it doesn't make any difference, I'll just squat anyway." Yeah. I've done that too. Like, if it's going to hurt either way, fuck it. We're squatting. Yes. And it it just got to the point where like I was getting like a eight or nine out of ten shooting pain into my knee, uh, like every time I exhale. <laughs> that one gets really tough to deal with. I'm yeah. not 100% sure why that created the way it did, but it's what we had. Man, and so I'm spending a lot of time chest breathing. I'm spending a lot of time in fight or flight, mm-hmm. switched on, never, never down regulating. Mm-hmm. I'm never fucking breathing through my belly. I'm never resting. Um, you know, that's all stuff I can look at in hindsight, right? But like, man, it kicked the shit out of me. And once that shift had like mentally, you know, the goal anymore isn't compete and be best in the world. The goals be functional again. Yeah. You know, because, like. My doctor and my PT, like, they're great, but it's on me. Mm-hmm. And not just is it <clears throat> on me. If the only way I'll ever be happy again is getting back to doing what I was, who I was, yeah, then I'm never going to be happy. That's a horseshit fucking way to go about it because that's a choice. So what else can we do? So, all right, fuck it. I figured out the metrics in my life before I was 36 of the most I'll ever squat, probably the fastest I'll ever run, and the most I'll ever, the farthest I'll throw things. What I don't know are a ton of other metrics physically. You know, there's a lot of other ways for me to push myself that I can learn benefits from other sports, from other things. Or is all the things I ever talked about, about strength training being important, actually horse shit, and it was just a means for me to do the thing I loved? Because if it's real, and it's important, and the lessons there from it important, then I don't need the sport. I can still get the good. And I get the good because I love progress. So I picked a thing I'm fucking terrible at. Running. You know, finally after a bunch of years and a total knee replacement and finally going down that rabbit hole and fighting through everything and <laughs> getting into psychedelics and man a lot a lot to sort through that darkness, a divorce, a relocation and a full detonate button on the old life.
0: Yeah. Um you did. Full detonate button. I got I got, I got, got sideline seats. Yeah. You, you did it big, man.
2: Um, I had to, or at least it's the only way I knew at the time. You know, do I think there's probably some more graceful ways this guy could handle that situation than that guy did? Probably, yeah. but we're here. Mm-hmm. I also have a lot of thanks for him for fucking being willing to hit the button instead of riding it out. Yeah. I got a lot of thanks to the guy who showed up, you know, that was still willing to fucking do rehab. The guy in my garage sitting there on an assault bike. Filming stuff with his leg in a straight leg brace. Yeah, you've, you've, you've you document, filmed all of
0: it. Yeah, you've documented all of it, yeah.
2: And I watched a video of me setting up my original cold tub because, like, that was the thing that got me pain relief. Like, mm-hmm. yo, I'll fucking try anything. Right. Like, if it's fucking out there, I'm down. I'll, I'll damn sure know my own experience about it. Right. And so if cold tub was something you're telling me is going to help and I got to try it one time at a place, I'm like, fuck, okay. Let's give it a shot. Give it a shot. Bought a chest freezer. Like, I have mm-hmm. a video on my YouTube channel setting up this chest freezer, and I'm doing the whole thing in a straight leg brace. Like, I drive to go buy it. I fucking load it up on a trailer with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm unloading it and moving it around. Fucking crazy person. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I that guy wants out of pain so fucking bad. Yes. And no one's going to do it for him. Mm-mm. So find whatever you can. Because the only answer that comes to you is pills and sit in bed. And that's not an answer. Well, that kills me anyway. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. What's the risk? We're back to that, right? Like, yeah. what's the risk of this? I know how that fucking road goes. Yeah. And I know I won't do it for the duration. And I knew that. And that was really, really scary thing to, like, be honest with myself about was that, like, if my life is going to ride out with this pain level that I've mm-hmm. got and with a lack of ability to do the things I love, you know, I'm not going to make it. This isn't this isn't a mindset thing I'm going to fix. So we need to figure out some things that fill that bucket that we can do. Yeah, because uh, this ain't it. And yeah, I just yeah, man. There's no way I was gonna ride it out.
0: Uh, so then you got what was the final moment where you're like, "Fuck it! I've tried every single thing else. I have to get a knee replacement." Because that's a daunting. If somebody told me right now like we're gonna fucking put a fake knee in you, it would freak me the fuck out. I'd be like, You're gonna do what Well I also
2: assume that's really the end of everything, right? Yeah. Like that thing that we talked about cutting cutting off
0: where you could go. Right.
2: Like I can always go back to Yes. Fake knee thing
0: gone. Right. Yeah. Well and plus I'd seen fake knees in like other members of my family and it didn't look like anything I wanted to do. It's
2: fair. They're also hey. putting people that don't do the right shit.
0: Right. They're also put like, and that's the thing I didn't take into consideration at the time. No like, one ever does. Like, that's your grandfather. Well, who, people
2: think the fake knee made them that way.
0: Yes. Yeah, they don't take care of themselves. They don't work out. They don't eat right. They don't rehab right. They just get a fucking fake knee slapped in them and then go back to their recliner, and then it fucking turns into this bloated, fat little fucking jellyfish that lives in their fucking leg. Yeah. And well, I,
2: if you're not going to promote an environment that wants to heal, why, yeah. why would it?
0: Yeah. So your body's
2: going to be fucking lazy. Why would it yeah. adapt? Why would it change if you're never asking it to?
0: So, so we had. So those are the things that I have in my mind when I think of fake knees. And stuff. sure. And so then, here you are. You're like, cool. I'm going to do a fake knee. I remember they seeing, didn't want to do it. I, I saw your video and you were like walking literally within hours of surgery. So,
2: so that's how that works. Like, the, the, my knee replacement was an easier surgery than any of the others. Well, that blows my mind because you, I can walk. Yeah. Do some of the other surgeries were like eight weeks no toe touch pressure. You know, I can't fucking feed myself. I'm okay. now dependent on other people. If I can walk, mm-hmm. I can do rehab. Rehab's yeah. a fucking joke. That's yeah. fine. If I can move and like hold things and not be on fucking crutches, yes, I can make make moves.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's nothing better when you can't like barely wipe your own ass. Shitting is hard. Like oh, shitting with a straight leg brace on. Yeah, it's so fun. So. Yeah, from your hips to your ankles, fucking so fun. I
2: still, my still, my hips still shitty. Like I still sit most of the time with that leg straight. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sucks. But, yeah, here we are, man. I'm not fucking dead. Mm-mm. You know?
0: And. <sighs> so you picked this run. You picked this 25K to go do in the mountains.
2: Yeah, in Bryce Canyon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so
2: we, we picked an event, and I wanted to do that because I, I wanted to. I haven't trained for a thing in a long time. Yeah. And I have a place to do it, and I need to do something, so let's pick running. This is as far from a thing I should be fucking good at. Or able to do. And, and for like, sure was the thing that at some point I had said, we won't ever be able to do. Mm-hmm. Impossible. Yeah. And so, with that, I was like, well, I can walk. And I can walk a long time. Well, can I run? Started running a little bit on the treadmill. It's not great. 100 yards here. It hurts. Yeah. Fucking knee hurts. My hip hurts. But I can get better at it. hmm And as long as I can get better at it, okay. Because... the Bryce Canyon thing, like, I didn't go into it with some expectation from this previous life of, like, well, I was a world champion. I'm not going to go. I need to win at other shit. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. It's not for you. I'm doing this one for me. And so I wanted something that I knew I could make progress at every week because I'm fucking terrible at it. You know Mm -hmm. how much progress you get to make as a beginner at a thing? It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And so I want to pick some new stuff and some new sports that I'm just going to steal all the beginner gains from. I mean, find something else to do. (laughs) (laughs) I just fucking get blue belts across the board and fucking bail.
0: (laughs) Yep. You're like, I got my blue belt. I'm done. Next thing.
2: Yeah. And so, did that run, and a lot came out of it. Like, uh, my goal for doing that run that day was to be in good enough shape, A, that I could enjoy it, and B, finish empty. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Like, I don't want to fucking burn out and have to get rescued off the fucking trail. Right. And nor was I trying to come through kicking hard slow. Yeah. Like, don't fucking walk the whole thing and then come through with a strong kick at the end and be like, that wasn't bad. Yo, it's as hard as you fucking want it to be. That's Mm -hmm. how endurance events work. Yes. And that's the fun part is, like, I want to stay pressed against the red as long as I can be.
0: Yeah, right up against that red threshold. Right. Not in the red threshold.
2: No, that's a mistake. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to fuck up and cross it occasionally, and then I'll have to back out and do the other way, but Mm -hmm. I want to stay there as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And... The better I got at it with the running, so many unexpected things started changing. Um, There were some things physically that started feeling better. Like my my body felt better after a couple weeks of actually getting used to doing it. Mm -hmm. And even then, like, yo, I'm just doing, give me an hour of walk-run a day. Yeah. For the first three weeks, that's all I did. Just give me one a day. Walk-run as much as you want. Next Mm -hmm. week, try to run a hair more. And I'm not even really tracking anything. I trust myself enough to say... I know I'll do the effort at that line. Yeah. I won't cross it. Like, there's no payday for crossing it right now. If there's a time to cross it, let's fucking let them have Mm -hmm. it. And we'll train for a thing. But I'm not trying to cross it in here. No. Fucking stupid. Train again tomorrow. Uh, Always the goal. And so, being able to do that, like, I didn't realize that once my overall endurance, like, zone 2 cardio had built, how much more capable I was to do more throughout the day. Like, work harder, I can get up earlier, I can fucking function and problem-solve longer, I can manage stress longer, I can still make good thoughts tired longer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is cool.
1: Yeah, that's where I want to be.
2: Right, and so as that clicked in, you know, that was a really cool thing. And then when I did the run, dude, there was a big feeling of that, that, that feeling of like, I regained a lot of trust with my body. A big trust of just, like, we can do hard things again. I'm not fucking fragile. Like, I spent a long time terrified of, like, yeah, we fall down. We'll never walk again. That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's a fucking real feeling. I'm also not saying that isn't untrue. I felt that way a long time and was real confident.
1: Yeah.
0: There's something very unnerving and unsettling, like, having this, like, constant nervousness about... The physical sensation of my knee ripping apart. Like my I'm so
2: lucky that I've never experienced
0: the catastrophic failure because that's what happened in my right leg. See, I don't, I don't have any of that. Yeah, I was teaching a pistol class to 10th group with the Lone Operator Program, N.K. up in Fort Carson, and was running this drill, and it was like sprint to barricade, shoot a piece of steel, shoot, run to barricade, shoot a piece of steel, fucking. I'm like, cool, I set the drill up, I briefed it, we ran it, I ran it through, the, I, I demonstrated it, then I ran it through with the students a couple times, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this one last time. And it was draw from concealment, from appendix, and and then go. And so I draw, load my leg to take off to sprint, boom, knee explodes. Fucking patellar tendon explodes. To the point, and it was a loud audible pop to where I thought I shot myself. Jesus. With my Glock. I dropped to the ground, I, I'm like, fuck. I'm like thinking about what a fucking idiot I am. I'm like, I'm never going to work again because you can't be a fucking instructor that's shooting yourself teaching special operators. I'm like pulling my tourniquet off my belt, and my medic's like running up to me. He's like, Bro, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I shot myself. He goes, I'm pretty sure you didn't. You didn't. And I was like, Yeah. And so then they pull my pants down. They find my kneecap floating around in the middle of my quad. They're like, You're getting surgery today. And so I went down, but I will never forget the sensation of what that felt like when that tendon failed or when that when that failed and it yep. exploded it was one of the most painful things i've ever had happen to me also like the sen- just the sensation of physically how it felt to like feel that rip pop and then gone
2: but also this right like you know just for a change of perspective on it of someone who's been through major injury you didn't do something risky right like that that's mm-hmm. a freak thing right can't prevent it anyway but now it makes me terrified to sprint Sure. But how many, overall, in your history, how many times was sprinting successful?
0: Uncountable.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Listen to the data. Got it. Like, if you're safe enough to get your body back to where it can sprint, like, don't Mm -hmm. fucking go out there today and just try to hammer down. Yeah. Also, going back to sprinting after not sprinting for a number of years, it's a real bummer when you realize what full speed is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, forward. oh fuck, that's it, isn't it? That's yeah. as quick as we go anymore. Yeah, I'm not, fuck, I'm not looking forward to it. But, but yeah. it can, you know, it can go. Yeah. You know, it can be short sprints on a true form runner. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways to build that tolerance back to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't build a tolerance for it, it's not coming back.
0: And there is a way back, for sure. Okay. Yeah, because that's the I can
2: sprint. On, I can fully sprint on my fake knee. Okay. My hips more of the issue.
0: My hip needs, needs more work than the knee does. Both of my hips are fucked up now from, like, having two, well, three knee surgeries on my knees to where those injuries, as you know, those injuries create other injuries because of the way your body's compensating with, like, your auxiliary muscles and the way your body's moving and, like, it or moving unnaturally the way it's not supposed to in symmetry and alignment. Sure. And yeah, so my stuff's that, all fucked up. Yeah, my, both of my hips are hurting. I'm
2: willing really to bet my legs aren't the same length anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm afraid to go get measured, bro.
2: You know, I'm not changing any of those things. So, what the fuck good is the day to do me? Mm-hmm. It's a thing to not concern myself with. You know, um. like that—that's—that's that's one of those that like I just have to choose to not give energy to. Mm. Like, yeah, my back hurts. You know, one of the, one of the ones I really like now that you know Bonnie and I'll use, or even Brant and I use, like when when our schedules get gross
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like hectic, and we're looking at stuff, and it's like. Yeah, there's no good way to get there. And so, like, looking at what it's going to take, and it's like, okay, cool. So we're home for less than 24 hours, packed to leave somewhere, to go somewhere else, to be 30 hours of travel to get to wherever. Yeah. Upcoming a trip to Alaska, we've got the travels fucking lame. (laughs) You're not excited Uh, about it. No. But, like, you know, it's sitting in a chair. Mm -hmm. It ain't fucking hard. It's inconvenient. Yeah. I also hate inconvenience more than most hard things. So that's a real tricky piece for me to mm-hmm. play. Um But one of the things we'll say back and forth now is like, I've been tired before. hmm You know that it's fr- it's from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And it's it's at the end and it's uh <coughs> Brad Pitt and Christoph Waltz and he ends up shooting the German soldier who's kind of valeting Christoph Waltz's character. Yeah. And he's like, Yo, big card martialed to this and yeah. I had fucking negotiated for that man's life, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he's like, ah, I'll get chewed out. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that fucking mm. moment is just so fucking dead on of, like, worth it. Yeah. Right? And, like, that mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's like, I've been tired before. Yeah. It's all right. I'm happy to pay that toll. We'll be tired. Tired's okay. I've been tired before. Or even, like, eh, ah, i fucked stuff up before. That's all right. Yeah. We'll fuck it up again. It's not going to end my life. No. And we'll keep going. Yeah. It's less severe than you think. I've right. been chewed out. I've been chewed out before.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah. And like that that kind of helps with making decisions to try things. Yeah. I'm like ah, I've fucked stuff up before.
1: I like it, man.
0: Well, on that note, dude, we've been going for fucking two hours. That's a good fucking cast. And that's good. Good advice to end on, man. What yeah, do you, um, you want to uh, wrap up with?
2: couple of things, 1612. So if you're interested in working with me or any of that, like I'd love to help, man. I want to build that fire in people so that they feel about their life the way I do mine. And I think we can do it. I think we have some ability to look at what motivates you through your inspiration, your awareness, your intention, and the actions you're willing to take and putting a plan into place to build the life you actually want to live. I want to help. So uh, the 1612.com, if you go over there, you can sign up and join Mentorship Group. Uh, it's 200 bucks a month. I do a weekly call with everyone, and we have four other calls that happen during the week with our other members, coaches. We cover a lot of subjects from relationships to business to awareness to really physical stuff or anything. Um, so that's available. At, or just, look, sign up for the email list, and you'll get clips from everything for free. Like there's a ton of free content that will come out with it. Also I'm hosting in August uh, my first uh, not dead yet weekend. Oh, so' sweet. doing a men's weekend here to help like focus in on building like an actual productive morning routine for people mm-hmm. and then setting yourself up for success the rest of the day and being able to take some awareness and let go of the bullshit that's not serving you anymore so that we can get you where you want to go. And like hammering that in a, in a weekend course, like if you haven't ever done one of these intensive weekends with, with people who are focused on it, and you're someone who's ready for a change and looking for a shift and the people around them aren't jiving anymore with the ideas they have. Like, this is fucking it. Like it, You will leave a different fucking person. And so, if that's something anybody out there is interested in, DM me. Just DM me personally and we can chat about it. I'd love to help. I'd love to facilitate growth and change in you. I'd love to you know, help you build a life that you feel about the way I do mine.
0: Yeah and i would highly recommend that you take advantage of that cuz this is this guy sitting here in front of me is one of the guys that i go to when i'm brushing up against things that i need help with this is the guy
2: man so, the mentor thing's a big one it's a huge one and like whether whether that's a a title you're comfortable giving people mm-hmm. or not like it doesn't change that that's what they you know the impact they've had and so Now, for me, like, I'm not looking for a group to follow what I have to say. Like, I want to build autonomous humans who are fucking stoked to live their life and willing to try new things. Right. And, like, that's what our group has been built on is this community aspect of, like, find people that are into this shit like you are. Quit trying to explain why you want more to those people around you. Mm -mm. Fuck them. Cut them loose. Yeah. Quit giving them your energy and put that energy toward doing the thing you actually give a fuck about instead of selling someone on the idea of why you should. Correct. Also I have Hate Brand Goods and Habit Coffee and a bunch of other things, so I think you can find most of it. You got a main Instagram. website, uh, Hood? Yeah. So uh, the Hate dot com is really the best bet for kind of all of our content. Um, and Matt Vincent, Matthew Vincent, on the old YouTube's for podcast and not dead yet podcast and all the other variety of things I do that somehow makes a living.
1: Sweet. All right, man.
2: Well, thanks so much
0: for your time. It's invaluable to me. So, dude, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Catch you next time. Okay. That wraps that up. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Uh, Matt is an amazing human and I, I love him to death. So hope you guys enjoyed that one year anniversary episode and stay tuned because we're going to do part two of our terminal list review for this coming up and coming weapons free wednesday so with the rest of you guys out there enjoy enjoy the rest of your week thanks for tuning in this monday enjoy the rest of your week and next week we will catch you for part two of the terminal list review on weapons free wednesday peace